stiff arms of crap after <laughs> Draco's match right there. Fighting through contact, fighting through drop his line, being a double team, multiple moves stacked into one, just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, we're still football, not storylines. And welcome to another edition, the 55th edition of TOJ Film Room. Uh, we figured out a time for myself, uh, Scott, and Kyle to do a the super, uh, superlatives, bold predictions, 53-man roster prediction, uh, lightning schedule prediction, even though schedule predictions are kind of stupid, but I want to have a little bit of fun and do one um, ourselves. So we're going to have some fun tonight. Uh, like I said, we have Kyle Smith at NY Jets Film in those spaces. He was just on two shows ago. It's becoming more frequent, which is fun. And we have the uh, Scott the Cringe Ma- uh, Mason. <laughs> at, uh, at play like a jet one with no with no spaces um so i'll go to uh kyle first what's up man hey while i'm eating of course how you doing joe and scott what's up scott i am doing fantastic because i'm with two of my favorite people right now although joe blewett is gonna rush us off because he has to go break down film of ryan khalil yeah, yeah. Um, and, and speaking of that, we'll get into that first, I guess, before we go into all the other um, things, the, the housekeeping. Uh, Scott, since you mentioned it first, what are your uh, quick lightning thoughts on, on that signing? Because we definitely have a lot of topics to get into. Well, Joe, I'm really curious to see what your film review reveals. From what I watched, and admittedly, it's not like I dove in as deep as you're going to. I thought he was at best okay last year. He's the classic case of a guy who's one of the best in the league during his prime and toward the end was falling off and wasn't the same guy. I think a lot of Jets fans hear the name Ryan Khalil and they just know the name. So they're excited about it. Now that doesn't mean he can't be an upgrade over Jonathan Harrison. He may be, but he may not be. I mean, Joe, your film review revealed that Harrison is actually better than a lot of people give him credit for. Not that he's Nick Mangold or anything, but that he might be able to be a decent starting center. So I think that it's a solid depth move, if nothing else. He may end up being a decent starting center for a year. He's obviously got the experience, and he can help guide Sam Darnold, so that's a positive. I don't know how much athleticism he has left or how much strength he's got left in the tank. 34 years old, again, they had to drag him out of retirement, but there's no real downside to the move. So I guess worst-case scenario, it doesn't work out, and you're where you were anyway. Best case scenario, he either becomes a decent starter for a year or he pushes Harrison to the point where Harrison beats him out and Harrison lifts his game and becomes a decent starter for a year. Either way, solid move, but you got to temper your expectations here. Kyle? Uh, yeah, same. I mean, you, so you mentioned Nick Mangold, Scott, and that got me thinking. But yeah, like Nick Mangold, his last couple years, especially he was injured a lot, he wasn't good. He wasn't mm-hmm. nearly what he was. Right. But think about how bad the center position for the Jets got after he retired. Like mm-hmm. It went totally downhill. And the things that Nick Mangold had in his last couple of years, while he still didn't have the athleticism, the functional strength and stuff that he had earlier, but he still had – I mean, center is a very heady position. You know, you're calling out fronts. You're calling out um, protections. And you want to have a veteran there. Now, the, the downside, I guess, this is, is Khalil's not been in this case offense, although he should be able to pick it up soon, and he hasn't been with us the, in the offseason. You also have to wonder what kind of shape he's in. But 
that mental aspect of the game he is going to bring. And, you know, Joe's talking about this on Twitter a little bit, Brandon Thorne and others um, talking about how important that is for a young guy. So I think that's something that will definitely, you know, be an impact. And by the way, um, was Harrison always a center with the Colts? Was he also a guard too? Like, I think he played backup on both center and guard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Regardless, even though he has started several games in his career, he's never, he doesn't have that type of experience that Khalil has starting 145 games. And that, regardless of how strong or good a shape Harrison looks like he's in this year, he, there's no way that he'll have what Khalil has in that regard. But, um, yeah, do temper expectations a little bit. But I was certainly excited when I saw it. But I, I have to yeah. keep myself realistic, though. There's a reason why He's the, the guy best retired. center in the league, guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, for his money, I think he's got like $9 million, right around $9 million. So I think the Jets have like f- like 15 right now or something like that. No, to, to be fair, I think I read that a good portion of that is in incentives, though. So it's not all guaranteed. Okay. Okay, so um, he'll he'll beat out Harrison, um, in in my opinion, and even if he is like Kyle I said, so too. if if he's just an average athlete, which Nani sent me the first play that he saw of Harris of of uh, Khalil, and he did really good on a combo block and defined the a gap really really well, looked pretty athletic to me. Um, that's obviously just one play, so I have to see if that holds up. I know he hasn't had many injury problems. I know he's missed like three games out of the possible 165 or whatever he's played in his career, so the injuries is not a concern. Um, and you know, he knows the system. I'm sure I'm sure he's played with plenty of offensive coordinators and he, and he knows the system. Um, and like I was saying, even if he is just an average athlete in terms of power, um, speed, et cetera, I think what he does mentally in terms of like Kyle was saying, IDing fronts and blitzes and, you know, slide protections and gap protections and, um, pointing things out to Darnold. I think that that will raise his play big time. So even if he is, let's say below average, I think that's way above average. So he'll be an average center for the Jets. Um, which will help out, you know, the offensive line and, and Darnold a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about the, the signing. I'll be watching film for <laughs> the next couple of days on him, try to pump that out as fast as I can. I'll probably watch all 16 games because it's a really big position. But like you said, Kyle, you know, on the offensive line where guard, you know, it's a lot of power and, and tackle. It's a lot of athleticism, foot speed, um, you know, things like that, where, where center is a lot of – it's a lot of mental type things um, as compared to those other positions. So he'll, he'll provide a lot. I'm excited for the signing. I think he will beat out Harrison. And now you're looking at an interior of the offensive line like we were talking about the other day, Kyle, where, you know, even if they're not the best players, now we have a smart player and you have two guards who are pretty physical. So um, I'm excited to see what happens now. They just have to, you know, uh, sack up and uh, freaking trade for Trent Williams, you know. So that's, that's the final piece. But no, Not to go too much into that, but – I've been thinking about that too, and I really like Trent Williams as a player. But realistically speaking, what would you be comfortable, with both of you guys, giving up for him? Yeah. Beach him in a fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, Why see, not? That's the problem I have, Kyle. Is that obviously Trent Williams is a really good player. He's still one of the best tackles in the league, but he's 31. You're going to have to pay him a lot. The Redskins, in order to, to trade him at this point, are going to want, you would think, at least a second rounder, maybe a second rounder plus. And I know what you're going to say, Joe. You're going to say, oh, but they have to move him. Not mm-hmm. necessarily. They could force his hand or they could shop him. And I would imagine that there are other teams that would be interested too. Besides, I know the Patriots, for instance, are yeah. supposedly interested. So I don't think that they're going to feel like they don't have any leverage. I could be wrong. 
look, if you get them, like, like you said, for a fourth in Beecham or a fourth in Shell or even just a fourth or a third or whatever, maybe. But the thing I worry about is I think if you're Joe Douglas, if you trust Joe Douglas, if you think that he could get a very good tackle, not, obviously not necessarily someone as good as Williams because that's very hard to come by. But if you can get a guy who can be a very good starting tackle who's 21 years old with your first or second round pick next season, maybe you want to hang on to those picks and not deal them for a 31-year-old. Because, again, remember, DeBrigashaw Ferguson's decline came very quickly, and it came right around the time that Williams is at right now. So there's no guarantees of how long he continues to be at the level he's at. And so on that mission, he's be, always hurt, too. He's yes, hurt frequently. Exactly. I think he, he's missed 13 games in the last three years. So I'm not against getting him. I just would be wary of giving up a lot for him. If they did it, I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't love it either necessarily if they're giving up, like, say, a second rounder plus. But we'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. look, at least if you're getting Williams, you know you're getting a good player, and it's not like you're trading guys for – yeah, or you're trading premium picks for some guy who's a bum. Now, and, and Joe Douglas likes building, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball in the trenches. That's where he believes building first. But right. as a new GM, do you really want to give up that early, that big draft capital early on in your first draft? You're going to give up a second rounder plus. I, I feel like, you know, as a guy who believes in the draft, he'd be a little weary of that. But you never know. I just you know, for the in terms of like the veterans, I think there's been a lot of veterans who have been traded for a lot less than we really think they're going to be traded for. Brandon Marshall, uh, even a guy like my, Antonio Harry, Brown. Antonio was, Brown. Well, like, just, you, you could talk. We could talk about obviously like Cleo Mack and stuff, but he's generational type talent who was still in his prime. A lot of older it, guys. Antonio Brown was though. a little different though. The man's clearly insane. Yeah, but but <laughs> but it's it's a similar situation in terms of them forcing their hand, kind of where, um, what's his name. Uh, Trent Williams is not going to play for the for the Redskins, and w- basically what it came down to—I don't know if you guys heard—but he went to the Redskins doctors uh, mid-season, asked about a growth on his head. They said it's fine, it's nothing, don't worry about it, play. And then he went back to doctors, or I don't know if it was their doctors or a different doctor, and they told us a tumor on his head, and they just ignored it, and uh, he, he took it very personal. So I don't think he's ever going to play for them again. So he's kind of just forced in their hand, um, and you know you have to. Sur- I'm I'm fine with like you're going to have to surround this team with veterans uh, to make this deep run, obviously having that, you know, uh, kind of experience through many, many years of his career is going to help, especially in the offensive line. Uh, I don't want the offensive line to be too old, though. That's also a concern. You have, you have Osemele, you have Khalil, if you get Trent Williams. Honestly, if they had one guy to trade for, it would be Darius Slay right now. But we'll see. Let's not even, we're not even get into all that stuff. This is, we have so much crap to talk about, but <laughs> it's, always, it's, it's always a possibility. We'll see. Um, yeah. if they do it. I'm not going to have any time to do any film. It's just going to be <laughs> control um before we get into the other housekeeping i just want to talk about two things um really quickly uh scott you've been talking to beat reporters from everywhere uh forever you just you don't you don't stop <laughs> so <laughs> any big time updates from camp you know the last week or so i recapped like last week like the guys who look good and stuff like the last week who's looked really good who's looked bad anything interesting um happen yeah, so for starters, Sam Darnold is starting to really turn it on. Uh, mm, Chris- yeah, I know. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the meme I was referring to there. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, w- with Darnold, what Nimbly said to me, and I mean, listen, this is a low bar, admittedly, but he said he's been covering the Jets for 10 years. 
And this is by far the best performance he's seen from any quarterback at Jets camp. Again, when you consider that he's comparing it to Sanchez, Geno Smith, Josh McCown, it's not as impressive as it sounds, but he hey, said that Hackenberg, hmm? don't don't oh, don't play Hackenberg. Of course, and, and Christian Hackenberg, who could forget? And Bryce Petty, Bryce Petty too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, he's been one of the stars. The other one, and this is not a big surprise to me, and Joe and Kyle, uh, I know it's probably not a big surprise to you, but Jamison Crowder has been one of the stars of camp. It I really like, like that signing. Oh, it's a great signing. I mean, he's perfect for that system, and he just seems so ideally suited to Darnold. Darnold's been finding him a lot, and Crowder's just been that perfect combination of a guy that can be that security blanket, but would also be the home run hitter. And you don't really get a lot of guys that are a combination of both. Usually it's one or the other and he can be both. And I think that'll be real interesting. Quinn and Williams is starting to turn it up in camp a little bit. Uh, today specifically, he really was putting the moves on Chuma Doga, some of those swim moves and Joe, some of the stuff that you and I talked about before the draft. I believe you said something along the lines of he has over half a dozen pass rush moves, which is remarkable for a guy his size on the interior line. So Mm -hmm. that's another guy to really keep an eye on. Not a big surprise either. And we'll get into this, but there are a few guys that you should be looking at as potential roster um, guys that are going to stick on the roster that you may not have thought of going into camp. It's looking more and more like Luke Falk is going to push Davis Webb off the roster, and Tim White, the wide receiver, has been looking pretty good in practices so far. We'll see what he does if he gets an opportunity in the preseason. But those are a couple of the names off the top of my head. Yeah, I saw Quentin Williams today, uh, the video the Jets put out, and before the quarterback even got to hand the ball off to McGuire, he was already in the backfield. It was, like, absolutely ridiculous. So that was nice to see. And then some other things. I've been hearing, which is a positive at least for now, is Tremaine Johnson and Brian Poole have been looking solid. Cool. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who who laid that massive shot on uh, Crowder? And there were some guys around the NFL who were like, "I'm surprised it didn't turn into a camp fight." But uh, that's that's good that the Jets are showing maturity. They're they're allowing each other to play hard and not get pissed off at each other. Uh, we'll see if that continues through you know week three, four, five of training camp. Week one is not that bad, but once you start hitting people in 90 degree weather for three, four weeks, and you start getting a little bit frustrated. Uh, but yeah, those are all. It's it's good news, and Donald is ripping it up. It's it's no surprise to be completely honest. Um, congrats to Kevin Maui on the Hall of Fame. Maui, Maui, uh, it's, it's Maui. Maui. Yeah. So um, other than that, um, I'm at Joe RB31 on Twitter. We didn't get any ratings reviews last week, even though Kyle requested it. You guys are terrible. Uh, nobody really commented on YouTube either, Kyle. Last time it. Yeah, I saw YouTube. that. Nobody, nobody likes you this last time. I don't know what it is. Uh, Patreon, as always, is going to be below the video. TOJ Film Room uh, with spaces in between on it, uh, iTunes, YouTube. Check it out. Uh, Herndon was my most recent review on Twitter. Uh, and then it's going to be Anunua, Burgess, Griffin. And then whenever I can fit Khalil in, I'll get him in. And I have a bunch of shows left to do as well. Um, any final words before we start getting into, like I said, we have superlatives. We have some kind of more funny topics. We have 53-man roster prediction. We have schedule prediction. So uh, we're, we're hitting out all the hot topics in, in one show. So I think it'll be kind of fun. I'm good. I'm ready to start. And Scott Mason's ready to start with his little – he has earphones over his ear. He's like – he's improving. He, does, he has like a kind of actual mic today. It's kind of nice. <laughs> in the words of the great Al Bundy, let's rock. <laughs> Your reference is – I don't know who – I don't know if Kyle knows that because he's like a teacher. Uh, I don't know who that is. But uh, we'll, You never we'll watch like, Mary like, with Children? Come on now. Uh, 
I'm 26, dude. I don't, I don't know. Your, I don't get your references. Scott, are you a baby boomer? <laughs> I, I spend all day making memes on Facebook, Kyle. <laughs> right, all right. Um, first superlative. We'll, we'll, we're going to bounce it around. We'll, do, we'll, we'll switch off uh, Scott, Kyle, Scott, Kyle. I'll, I'll always go last um, because I'm the least important uh, person on the show right now. So um, X Factor, X Factor and being the kind of dark horse guy who can make a real big impact for the Jets, a little bit under the radar kind of deal. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain X Factor. Um, let's start with Scott. X Factor. I am going to say that the X Factor here is going to be Kalechi Osemele. I think that if he can get back to where he was before last year when he was injured and really struggled, that offensive line could be somewhere middle of the pack. If he's more along the lines of what we saw last year, odds are that, that the offensive line is going to probably be in the bottom 20. But Here's a guy who, you know, I had Brandon Thorne on the show, and Joe, you did a film review of him, was arguably the best guard in the league, or if not, he was right up there when he was with the Ravens and then at the beginning of his time with the Raiders. He fell off a little bit. He is 30 years old. He's had some back issues. But if he can bring some power and some athleticism to that line that they haven't really been able to show in a while, he could help that offensive line become a lot better than it was last year. And I'll tell you, there was a play in training camp that Chris Nimbley described to me where Assembly uh, displayed his power and his athleticism on the same play following, I can't remember who it was. It might've been McGuire up for a, a, a after a completion, he, he trailed them and just was bowling dudes over, but also running up 20 yards. So I, I think he could very well be, that guy that we all know is going to be important, but could be a lot more important than many realize. Kyle. Uh, I have Chris Herndon for this one. And uh, by the way, are we going to comment on people's stuff too? Because like, I'm thinking about assembly, but um, you know, maybe we can circle we back could, to that. Uh, it does not matter. We can do, this is literally my podcast, so we could do whatever. Literally. <laughs> yeah. It's my podcast. Literally. Yes. You want. All right, well, maybe we'll talk about – you know, one thing, you know, as Scott's talking about Ostemily and he's talking about his – obviously, we know his power. We've been seeing it for years. Um, I am – I don't know if you guys are a little bit concerned. I'm curious to pick your brain, Joe. There's a – I have a tad bit of concern about Ostemily losing a little bit of weight. And even if you – you know, let's say he puts on muscle and, you know, it's is leaner, it doesn't – he still could potentially lose power because there is something to be said when – when you're 10, 15 pounds lighter, I don't know how much lighter he is this year than he was last year. You could lose a little bit of that power. And that's kind of been his game, his whole career. Mm-hmm. You know, to think that in, in, in these veteran stages of his career, that he's all of a sudden going to kind of change what he was and become a more athletic player. That that's a little bit concerning to me. Um, yeah, I, no, I, and I, I get that. Um, especially like you said, cause that's what he's thrived on his, his entire career. Um, I'm thinking he's going to keep a lot of that power just because it's not like he was just like barely powerful. Like he's super, super powerful. So if he goes from super, super powerful to super powerful, is it that big of a difference? I think it obviously would be a little bit of a difference, but especially the zone scheme, Kyle. Exactly. 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 We talked about uh, many times is you need more athleticism than power in this scheme. So he's going to need to be reaching, you know, exactly. 
yeah climbing to the second level doing all that it's not it's not me versus you on the line i'm blocking i'm blocking down on a one tech or i'm blocking a, a, a you know a two right in front of me i have to move you it's a lot more combos and moving moving laterally so um, if anything, it could be a good thing, but I do get the concern, but I don't think he's just going to become a weak player, you know? Yeah. So for me, the X factor, I mean, again, how do you want to define X factor? You, you put in definitions on Google, you'll find varying different definitions, but one that I kind of liked was a variable in a given situation that could have the most significant impact on the outcome. And for me, like this guy is going to be suspended for the first four games. And I think that's really going to, you know, kind of hurt the offense. Um, and you've just done a review on this guy, Chris Herndon. And I know you kind of tweeted out that he's not a good blocker, but he's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. And there is still room to improve or improve. He's only you know played one year in the league. He could become even better as a blocker if he refines his technique a little bit. But if he can become, you know, like a decent to even a pretty good blocker, that's huge because there are so many tight ends in this league now that are just horrible blockers. They're glorified receivers, basically. They're the big-bodied receivers, so to speak. But when you're talking about offense, defense is all about reaction, reacting to what the offense is doing. And smart defenders, they're counting up the personnel who's on the field, um, the tendencies that they run. They're getting all these reports. Uh you know, during the, the prep week. And, you know, when you know if, if a certain tight end is in and this guy is only in when you're passing the ball as a defense, that tips you off. But if you if Herndon, a guy who we saw his receiving abilities last year, he's going to give the offense a little bit of ability to disguise what they're running on a given play. And the really one of the keys to having a good offense is to keep the defense guessing. You know, mm-hmm. if you can get a defender thinking for a little bit of a split second more and hesitating, then that, that can make a huge difference in a play. And this is why I don't understand why teams – I mean, they do run it a lot, but teams should run more play action because play action – If just look at the numbers. And Nania probably has some good stuff about this. Play action, you know, it really brings a quarterback's rating up, and you'll see how play action can influence defenders, hold a linebacker for just a little split second – and then it creates an opening downfield. So uh, anyway, what I'm, I'm, I'm saying that having a tight end who can kind of block and also receive as well as we saw in his rookie year, I think he's going to be the X factor for this team. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people probably say Sam Darnold, of course, but that's obvious. Yeah, it's obvious. Yeah. No, that's a good point, too. And you just look at the Jets roster, you know, if, if I don't know if you guys have watched film on Ryan Griffin, but uh, Ryan Griffin's coming in the game. Is he really going to be blocking? Uh, not really. Uh, he could block a little bit, but not like Herndon can. And if, if Wesco comes in the game, it's even be necessarily stretching the seam. Uh, I don't necessarily think that either. So that's kind of an example of what you just said, Kyle, where uh, Herndon could do – he could do both. Uh, like I said, it's he, it's his first year, so I'm not expecting him to be a finished product. But I also put up a play of him, you know, being able to uh, hold – you know, or seal uh, Von Miller inside on one run, uh, outside run against the Broncos. So um, he definitely offers that versatility, like you were saying. So it is very important, and he'll be a very big piece of this offense, uh, obviously, for the last 12 games. It kind of sucks that he's suspended for the first four because the first, like, six weeks of the Jets' schedule is pretty brutal, let's be honest. Yeah, it so, is. Um, but mine, you know, just, just to be different, for some of them, I'm not going to be able to go anywhere different than you guys because it's just so damn obvious. Like, X-Factor, whatever, guy having the biggest uh, result on a given thing, whatever you said, I'm not going to read off the definition again. Uh, Sam Darnold's the biggest X factor, I guess. Let's let's be honest, but we're going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'll, I guess to be different, I'll choose Tremaine Johnson. Um, huge X factor for the defense. Um, number one corner supposed to be paid like a, or paid like a number one corner supposed to be a number one corner, but is not a number one corner. 
uh, we know that teams are going to spread out the Jets' defense, uh, and they're going to be targeting the corners a lot. And if he could step up and play like he was uh, paid, then that will make a massive impact on the secondary because you have solid safeties if May is healthy, obviously, with Adams. And then, you know, you're going to have to find a way to disguise things and, and help out Roberts and, and pull a little bit. But if just one of those guys um, and looking at Tremaine Johnson here can really step up, that makes a big difference for the entire defense. So I'll put him as my X factor. Um, next comeback player, uh, Kyle, will go with uh, yours and Scott went first last time. Yeah, so I wrote – if Le'Veon Bell counts in this category, it's obviously it him. He, yeah, so you obviously have to go him. He, I think he's going to have a, a, a really good year. I don't know if he'll have quite as good as the year. I think he's probably – I think he's generally took very good care of himself and stuff since he's entered the league. I mean, geez, every, every freaking primetime game, the announcers are talking about how Le'Veon Bell changed up his diet. He lost a lot of weight from how he put his playing weight in college and stuff. Um he does a lot of work and stuff uh, in the off season. Uh, he does a lot of stuff like, you know, pliability and stretching and stuff, which I think more players need to do. And it really helps prevent injuries. But um, anyway, uh, if he counts for him for sure, but I'll say I, he might not put up the numbers that he had in Pittsburgh because, you know, Pittsburgh had uh, Mike Munchak as their uh, offensive line coach, who's probably the best in the business at the current moment. And they have some really good players on that offensive line. So he's not walking into that type of situation here, but he'll still have really good numbers. So I'd say him. Um, so I guess I don't even need to say my alternative then, but go ahead, Scott. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell is the obvious answer. If he counts, there's no way to pick anybody else. Here's a guy that didn't play last year, but we know what he is. He's fresh because he, he sat out for a year, so his body didn't take a beating. He's probably a little bit rusty, but it looks like he's getting it back pretty quickly in training camp. I'm curious to see what happens once real game action comes his way. But I'm not sure that he's going to be as good as he was in Pittsburgh. Obviously, a year older, it's going to slow him down at least a little bit. Age is what it is. But he is still, I think, going to be one of the top offensive skill players in the league. And for him to come back after a year off, and even if he's – 90% of what he was, which I expect, he's the obvious answer here. I don't see any way around it. I think he was really impacted by all the criticism that he got from a lot of people. The, the whole 260 thing. How many times yeah. has he referenced that in like an yeah. Instagram post? Like 260, 260. And like, notice now he, he's showing off his abs in practice. Like he's putting up his jersey to show off his abs. And I don't know that Le'Veon Bell was in that good a shape previously. So he's, he's been doing a lot of work. So I think he's really motivated. I mean, listen, the NFL top 100 just finished. It's, you know, 2019 or 2018 edition or whatever. And if you look, Le'Veon Bell, he was in the top 10 for like three years in a row and like top five for the past couple of years and didn't make it at all now. And like, so like, I think he's pretty motivated. Like people are like kind of like sleeping on him now. Like, Oh, you just forgot about me. So Anyway, even if he goes from like, let's say the number one or two running back in the league, even if he drops down below guys like, you know, Zeke and Barkley, I, I, I largely think Gurley's a little bit overrated to be completely honest. So do, but, I really do too. But, but Gurley, yeah. maybe, you know, so let's say he's, he's now like third or fourth instead of one, he'll still be a really good player. And I, I think he'll be just as good as 2017 to be completely honest, because now he has that year of rest. Um, now, might he come out for the first game or two or three, maybe a little bit rusty, you know, reading defenses on the fly like that? Yeah. 
Um, but I, I think he'll return to to pretty close to his to his form in 2017, where he's still a really really good running back. Uh, and I think that's the that's the obvious answer. I guess if you want to throw one more out there, like Osemele, like Scott said before, for X Factor, a guy coming back who was uh, hurt and kind of sat down for a little bit and wasn't looked at as a good guard. I, I guess you could throw him in there. But Bell is the obvious answer. He's my answer as well with, with comeback player. Um, and I think he'll dominate. Uh, obviously, the offensive line is not as good with the as he was with the Steelers, but I also think he's going to be used a little bit more versatile, or, or he's going to be a little bit more of a chess piece than he was with the Steelers, where they split him out wide. But I think with with Montgomery and with Bell, I think Adam Gates is really going to use them in the in the pass game, splitting them out wide, et cetera, when they're versus linebackers and things like that. So um, I think I think he'll be just as good. Now, do I think that will reflect in his stats? Not necessarily, because the Jets don't have the best offensive line. Um, not not nearly as good like you're saying with you know Villanueva and Pouncey and all those guys he was running behind with the Steelers, but uh, I still think he'll be nearly as good if if not just as good as his last year. Um, so uh, next, I think this is obvious for all of us. Uh, I'll go first with this one, and I don't think you guys are gonna be able to disagree. Most improved is Darnold. Is there really any other answer? Who's gonna be the most improved player this year? Um, you, whoever wants to go, you can go. Um. No, I mean, this, I, I was, you literally like pretty much stole the words out of my mouth if you were going to ask me to go first, because like you could pick Donald for a lot of these, but this one, you'd have to pick him like the strongest because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, certain players like Herndon's going to improve probably, you know, a rookie year to a second year. There's probably going to be several players there that are, are going to improve. Um, but I mean, come on, quarterbacks, the jump from year one to year two is just so, so huge. So it's you know and 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 it's it, he's got better coaching now he's got better talents around him so all that's going to make him better I mean go ahead Scott I would say Nathan Shepard no I'm just kidding it's got to be Darnold yeah and for all the reasons that you guys said but it's pretty obvious uh, not only is what Kyle said true that quarterbacks tend to jump from year one to year two but if you saw the way Darnold played the last four games of last season. If you've monitored what he's been doing in training camp, if you looked at his film from college and make the realistic assumption that the four games that he played last year after the injury combined with the training camp performances, combined with what we saw from him at USC in terms of his overall skill set is going to all start to gel together this year. I don't see how you would pick anybody else. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad we were on that Donald train really, really early, Scott. Uh, when we talked <laughs> yeah. about the podcast, we both had a number one in the TOJ ranking. And uh, I came on the podcast when he, was, when he was drafted to the Jets, and I, I felt like he could be a top five quarterback if he really reached his ceiling. And then, can I pause you for one moment, Joe? I know that you've been you know, really high on Donald for a really long time, so I'm not trying to take that away or mischaracterize you, but I just got to say something that I've been thinking about. When we went bowling – a year and a couple months to go. Mm-hmm. We were having a conversation. This was pre-draft. Mm-hmm. And we we didn't think we were going to take Darnold. Right. Scott at that point. Actually, Scott, you were trying. At, if I remember correctly, you were in the process of setting up an interview with the USC beat reporter at that point, And he was a little tough to get, get in touch with or whatever. I, I remember yes. this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um. And Scott was like, kind of saying, like, you know, I, we, we probably won't get him, but, you know, just still, still going to, you know, do the interview anyway. We didn't think we were going to get Darnold. So that might have been part of the reason why we didn't say it. But, Joe, at that point in March of 2018, I don't think Darnold was your number one. I don't no, think he, so. was, I don't... he was. 
because you're forgetting another part of the conversation. We were talking about Rosen and Mayfield, but then Joe and I started talking about Darnold, and you were like, I don't know about Darnold, but then Joe started talking about, man, I'm watching some of these anticipation throws. They're absolutely incredible. These other guys can't do the same thing. Yeah, he did. No doubt. He said that 100%. But But like, but, 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 (laughs) that was still like, you know, he has this upside, but I don't know that I like him as much. I still feel like there was a part of that to the conversation as well. No, there, there might, I remember because I was, I was really weighing out Donald versus Rosen, I believe at that point, but I I know and I have proof that pre-draft before the Jets drafted him, we did our final TOJ rankings and I had Donald number one. I I I did too. Okay. So uh, I only other call me out of my own damn know. show, Kyle. <laughs> hey, I, no, it's okay. I'm kidding. I um, had Mayfield. I had Mayfield one, and and I'm I'm still happy with how I had that. And I know that Joe's been. I know Joe's been getting on a little bit on Twitter, like hard to hard to root for this guy. Makes it I don't easy like the Browns. I don't like root Mayfield. against them. Nope. Nope. And the thing with the thing with like Mayfield, I understand it. Let's wait one because he's three years older than Darnold. He had a much better supporting cast, and if you look at like the average rank of the defense he played, like there he was in, like the bottom ten, where Darnold was like in the top ten. So he played much harder defenses with a much worse roster, and he's much younger than than Mayfield. So let's not crown Mayfield already as the as the the king of this quarterback class. I don't think that's the case necessarily yet. Um, I hope you're. I hope you're right. Yeah, but really with do. with Darnold, listen. Even we we're talking about his his improvement. Most prove I agree with you guys. Even if he got no weapons this year, um, he would be much more improved than than last year. Just with just with um, the progression, I, I expected him to take. Now you now you pile on to the fact that he got one a better defense to support him because let's be honest, the defense was terrible last year, and he's put in you know many positions that were not very good. Um, and now you add Osemele, you add Col- uh, Khalil, you add obviously a healthy Anunwa, you add Crowder, you add a second year of Herndon. It's <laughs> and a much better coach in my opinion, especially offensively. Um, and Gase from uh, Bates is is a massive difference in my opinion. So he's he his leap is going to be, especially when you're playing teams not like. Uh, they were playing last year at the Bears and the Vikings with literally nobody on his team where they were like fourth, fifth, sixth string guys. Now you'll be playing some teams like the Dolphins twice, the Redskins, the Giants, the Raiders. Like, just just wait. So, I'll, I'll Yo, quick, quickly, let's just keep the conversation natural and stuff. I know we got a lot of stuff to cover, and you know, we'll cover it, I think. But, <laughs> right. uh, but I got to ask you a question. When the season's over, you know, I was looking, I both of you guys are. Scott, you you've got, you've, a stat prediction. We already have that in there. Stop Kyle. it. It's not about stats. <laughs> Scott, I know you've had Coleman on your show a couple times, and Coleman sent out something interesting, and I, I guess I'd have to agree with him pretty much well, for the most part. Mm-hmm. He was talking about Dak, and he was being critical of Dak Prescott, and a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who are on the fence with Dak, and some people are saying, you know, they got to pay him. They got to pay him before Zeke, 100-something million dollar contract. I don't think Dak is that good. I don't think he's that bad, but you know, I, I'd probably say he's below average to be honest. I, I really do. And he, Coleman said there's at least ten quarterbacks just in the NFC that are better than oh, Dak Prescott. Um, so Joe, I know that you think Darnold could mold into a top five quarterback in the NFL, but by the end of this season, given the the Jets' coaching staff, the schedule they're going against. Oh, the supporting cast. Where, if you had to do a QB ranking by the end of the season, where do you think Donald's going to rank? Top ten. Wow. Let's see. 
Bills better, Dolphins better, Patriots not better, Ravens better, Bengals better, Browns up for grabs, Steelers up for grabs, that's three teams, Texans up for grabs, Colts, that's five. Better than the Jaguars, better than the Titans, better than the Broncos, uh, not better than the Chiefs, Chargers, that's that's seven. Raiders better than, Cowboys better than, Giants better than, uh, Eagles, let's give that to them, eight. Redskins better than, Bears better than, Lions better than. Packers, uh, obviously, get that to Rodgers, nine. Vikings. Is it a given that he's going to be better than Matthew Stafford, you think? I, yeah, um, in my opinion. I think I think Stafford's, like, wild, wildly inconsistent with his decision-making. You just watch what he did versus the Jets in week one. It was an almost embarrassing. Yeah, and that no, was No, I, I hear you, but is, he, is it a given? Like, I'm not saying he can't be better than Stafford, but it's not like Stafford's not good. No, but it's not not necessarily given. But then you look at you look at other teams, uh, Niners, Rant. So you have you have. I didn't include Wilson. I didn't include. Uh, not I'm saying like these are guys I didn't talk about yet. But Wilson, you have uh, Goff, you have uh, Ryan. So maybe maybe let's say top. Matt 12. Ryan's really good. He yeah, is yeah, very yeah. good, he, and obviously Breeze is very good. So let's say top twelve. But I think he'll be yeah. in that upper echelon. of I think he'll be in like that second tier. I don't think he's gonna be elite yet. But I think when you're looking at him, you're going to put him. And, I, and honestly, I think Watson's a little bit overrated, to be completely honest. I don't. I don't think he's as good as people think. Don't tell Joe Caparoso. But he's also. But he also has a terrible <laughs> offensive line. But I think he'll be in that range with the Staffords and the uh, Watsons and the you know Cams and the you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's better. Than, I think he's. And you're not a big fan of Cam. I know you're not. No, and I think Goff is overrated as well. Uh, Wilson's elite. So I. Goff and Gurley are both overrated. And yeah. I actually was a decently big fan of Goff coming out of college, I must admit. But McVay, I'm, I just finished a book not that long ago about the Rams' offense. And trust me, McVay's scheme really elevated those guys' play. No doubt. But the 10th best in the NFC, there's what? There's 16 teams? I, well, I mean, one thing well, I definitely disagree, he had, he had Trubisky over Goff. Over yeah, not, not over, um, and I, I don't see no, that. I don't, I don't yeah. agree with that. I think that system does a ton for Trubisky. I think he's largely overrated as well. Yeah, he's also that, very erratic. Yeah, um, but yeah, let's say let's say top twelve. I think he'll be top twelve. He'll definitely be top half of the league. I just think if you look at what he did in in the last four weeks of the season with very little help in the running game, coaching everything, he was a top rated quarterback in, in the entire league, and he was lighting it up. You're not going to tell me he didn't go toe to toe with Watson or or Rodgers in that game. Um, so I, I think he'll be I think he'll be top top twelve at least. In, uh, I will say that that that's a fair thing. I think if he can be top 10, then the Jets are really going to be in playoff contention at the very end of the year. I think if he's top 15, then it's a little more questionable. But I will say um, along the lines of what we were talking about before, I just remembered since we brought up Aaron Rodgers, Joe, I remember you calling me right after you finished your film review because we were going to record something. And I was out for a run, and I saw you were calling, so I stopped for a second. And you were like, dude, I just finished my film review. I can't believe the Jets got this guy. He's unbelievable. He could be top three in the league. This guy could be, like, you know, all pro level good. How, how the hell did this guy last to number three? And uh, we're going to find out if he lives up to our expectations. Dave Gettleman, baby. Yeah, I think I think I said to you like he and I remember you, like, people asking for comparisons. I said like a mix of like of like luck with his ballsiness and like Romo with his athleticism type deal. So I'm fine with that. Like a 
But yeah, I, I think I, I think top I think top twelve is is realistic. You know, you could argue guys like like listen, Roethlisberger. I, I think I think he's a mid, uh, average quarterback at this point. I don't really think he's that great. I think he uh, lost some of the athleticism, but he's kind of living more off his name than what he actually is in the field now. So, um, you know, it's we'll have the. I, I'm excited to see that and break it down at, at the end of the year and see where he really uh, where he really falls. But uh, let's move on to. Uh, rookie of the year, <laughs> uh, kind of another one. Um, we have been riding the Q train for a while. Is there really any other choice for rookie of the year other than other than Quentin Williams, guys? Trevon Wesco. <laughs> we both like Wesco too, but I think Wesco is the choice for offensive because who else is there to choose from, right? Well, if we're doing if we're doing offensive of the year, then yeah, it'd be him. But we're not. I don't think we're doing that. Uh, so you but, tell me, you're the one whose show it is. Hey, I, hey, I, I would, always say I would, the notes of the show, Scott. You know, it is. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Chuma at some point takes over for Shell. I'll be completely fine with that. I think. I think another guy who, um, I was a little, I was kind of like, I heard a lot of negative things about him. But Blake Cashman, Scott, I remember talking to you about him. Where we heard a lot of negative things. I text you. I'm like, I actually kind of like this guy. Um, some of his processing and and he's he's good with processing simple things. But when it comes to fake jet sweeps and pop passes and things like that he'll, he'll get a little bit rattled but I, I liked him as well so I think he's gonna be a guy who's gonna play a little bit more than people think he is especially it kind of it's kind of evident in camp that he's getting some reps with the starters and stuff like that so. he's been getting reps with the starters he got more reps with the starters today you know who else really likes him a lot Connie Carver told me that uh, she thought Cashman was a real steal and also uh, Brett Coleman loved Cashman he had him as his number three rated linebacker in the draft so I look. I, I, I'm going to say what I said the day of the draft. I didn't watch a ton of his film leading up to the draft because when you get to that point in the draft, unless it's your job to watch prospects, how much would you know about some guy drafted in the fifth round out of Minnesota? Right? I don't know. I've seen some who people was a, who was a walk on. I've seen some people right. who don't watch film like, oh well, you know, this, I shouldn't even say it, but I'll say no it. Football focus. Oh well, says, no, yeah. no, not not that. Oh well, he was he was yeah he was sixty seventh on my board. Like, dude, you did not oh, yeah. hundred players. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. yeah, and the pro football focus. Oh well, what well, what do I think of him, Han? Pro football focus rating, Clutchio Assembly. Oh, he's he wasn't that good last year. No, 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 no. Like, this guy wasn't in my top one hundred. It's like, all right, <laughs> hey no Joe, Joe, you said you like pro football focus when they agree with you, and you dislike them when they disagree with you. <laughs> right. And Cashman was good in pro football focus. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> no, you know, you know how I feel about you. And Kyle, you have been, we have been podcasting and talking together for, to each other for like six, like five, six years now. Um, and I've always said pro football focus is like good for like, okay, he played this many snaps here and stuff like that, but their rating scales. Large. Joe, you say it every show. So it's so bad. <laughs> it is so bad, but okay. It, it is pretty bad, but yeah, no, I think there's reason to be optimistic. We have Cashman. If nothing else, it sure seems like Greg Williams likes him a lot because he keeps using him a ton. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll say I'll say this right now. He's got a good chance to be better than Darren Lee. Just saying. <laughs> Shocker! Wow, that is certainly going to be a lot more quiet. And, than and I've Darren heard people Lee. say that recently too, like uh, Mosley. Oh well, you know Mosley or no Lee. We lost Lee, so we lost our best coverage linebacker. I'm like, if you watched film and you really think that Lee was better than Mosley, you have absolutely no idea what you're watching. You should probably put it down and try to read book. Go to Pat Kerwin's uh, Take Your Eye Off the Ball. Like, start somewhere very basic because you don't know what you're talking about. Can I make a point about Darren Lee, by the way? I don't know if you no. saw this story. It ties in, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. It ties into Baker Mayfield. I don't know if you saw this story, but apparently 
when the Jets played the Browns and Mayfield first came into the game, somebody on the Jet defense was barking at Mayfield saying, we're coming to get you, rookie, all this. And Mayfield responded, I don't even know who you are. Is there any doubt in either of your minds that that guy barking at Mayfield was Darren Lee? Didn't they say that, that was his name written all I, over. I heard it was a lineman, though. I, yeah, I, heard it? It was, I heard it was I defensive line. I heard it was defensive line, but I have a hard well, that's time. That's why I, I heard it was defensive I, line. I, do, I don't think Leo would ever say that, to be completely honest. Henry Anderson seems like a pretty chill guy. There's no yeah. – I will bet my entire house that it was not Steve McClendon. Um, no. So, I don't know who that would be. Maybe a like I'm telling you, I still think it had to be Darren Lee. Maybe he thought it was a defensive lineman. Maybe. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe, and maybe the reporter got it wrong, uh, like the details or whatever. But yeah, I was one, I was thinking the same thing, Joe. Like I, I can't think of who who would have said that. Based it's not on like it's not like we had like a Mike Daniels or an Adamic Nadamican Syrian. Like, like like Mike Daniels is a great player, but he talks crap. Um, or a freaking what's that guy? I've always I never liked that guy from the uh, from the Titans that uh, lineman um, ninety nine Drill Casey. Wasn't he the punched, one who punched Geno Smith? Punched Geno Smith in the face and didn't get like a flag. I was like, how does this even – did he get a flag? I forget what it was. But, uh, okay, moving Neither on. Neither did I can Kampali, so there you go. Yeah, rookie <sighs> of the year, uh, Q all around, offensive player of the year. Um, I think this is going to be another another all, uh, you know, one that's all around the board. Uh, Kyle, who is your offensive player of the year? Um, I, yeah, I, I – oh, wait, you had an offensive player or offensive rookie? Just so it, we're clear, it says O P O I. I don't know. I don't know if rookie spelt with a P. No, but um, <laughs> depends. Your, your descriptions are a little confusing. All these dot dot dots and periods. And Dude, hey, I set up the list for you, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't do more <laughs> to lay it out for you. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Um, offensive player of the year. I have uh, Le'Veon Bell. He's the best player. Period. Yeah. When we did our top twenty-five uh, Jets show. I had Bell over Jamal Adams. Yeah, Kyle. I mean, not Kyle. Uh, Scott. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that's that's easy. I, it could be Sam Darnold as well. If listen, because if 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 Darnold is very good, but uh, Bell is elite, you know who is the player of the year because who makes the biggest impact on the actual offense? It, you could argue for for Darnold here as well, but uh, Bell. Just seeing him take handoffs and like seeing how elite he's been, he's been the most elite player the Jets have had since Revis. Um, it, you know, in, in my opinion, at least, and to have him on offense is, is definitely exciting. This is the first time in like any camp since I've been alive that I've heard the offense is lighting up the defense today. So it's it's pretty exciting, and Bell is a part of that. Um, defense player of the year, I think it's going to be pretty. Uh, it, it's going to be non-contested as well. Uh, these are pretty easy ones. We get into some more ones that are a little bit more interesting. Uh, is there any Adam or is, is there any Adams? Is there any argument against Adams here? Not from me. No. Okay, Scott. Yeah, I, I, the only other guy you could I say. Mean, I mean, go ahead. Go. Um, the, don't be shocked if it's Quinn and Williams. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Don't, uh, seriously, don't be yeah. shocked if it's Quinn. I know Jamal is really good and stuff. Quinn will be the better player in the long run. Okay. No doubt. Next yeah, one. I agree. Next. But Adams is going to be the best player. I, it uh, could be Quinn, but I think Adams is almost, uh, you know, I would say – there's a ninety percent chance Adams will be the best player this year. Yeah, I, I think when you actually turn on the like, like I said, Mosley could be a possibility just in terms of how good he is. Plus, him being the brains of the defense could be a big impact on the defense. So who's more valuable? A really good middle linebacker, really big, a really good safety. You know, you could argue that as well. Uh, breakout player, Scott. Who is that going to be for you? Breakout player. I think this year that guy is going to be Jamison Crowder. I just think that he's a guy that was always known as a solid wide receiver in Washington. 
but I think he's going to be Darnold's security blanket this year. And I think he's got a very good chance to lead the team in receptions and also have a significant number of big plays. I think he's perfectly suited for what Gase likes to do. And I think Darnold's going to find him early and often. So barring injury, I think the, the answer here for me is going to be Crowder. Kyle? Yeah, I'm going to agree with Scott there. I really wow. like Crowder. Oh, that, yeah, hey, uh, we have, we've done the film reviews on him. We've talked about him. Hey, can I make one point, too? I think that I think the market in the NFL really needs to kind of get on par. I think slot corner and slot receiver are really underpaid when you when you compare and contrast them to like a boundary corner, what they get paid, and or like a you know like a, a number of, a true number one receiver, what they get paid. Like Crowder's deal, like compare his deal to what I know he's not nearly the player that Michael Thomas or Odell Beckham, but these guys are getting close to hundred million dollar deals now. Crowder's getting or pennies in at, comparison. Look at an outside receiver in Devin Funches who got more money. I think he got Devin Funches got more money than Crowder, I believe. But yo, when you got a guy who's really good in the slots, that just creates nightmares for the defense. It's so hard to guard someone in the slot because, like for example, let's talk about slot corner. The guy in the slot, he can, go, he can go either way. Like there's a good chance that he'll go either way. You know, and, and, and it's so hard to predict, too, based on, you know, alignment and stuff, too. So it's when being a good slot receiver in a slot corner, it, it's, it, it can create matchup nightmares for an offense or a defense. So um, I think the Jets got a good one with Crowder. And they're, they're actually do more with route running. They have to block safeties. They have to block linebackers on crack blocks. They have to do a lot. Uh, yak, they they're definitely have to do a lot. Um, there's a couple of different answers for this one that you could have. I feel like that you could argue. Uh, Leonard Williams, we just talked about it on the show, Kyle, which, uh, to be completely honest, if, you have, if you're listening to that show, you haven't watched that show, you have to watch the Leonard Williams show because we broke, we really broke him down, Kyle, and talked about a lot of things and a lot of uh, false narratives about him and, and Jordan Jenkins. That was a really good show in terms of Leo. Leo is a lot better than people realize it. So I think he, you could argue for him in terms of statistics. Uh, Robbie Anderson, he's been a guy who's been near 1,000 yards, but I think this is the year where he's going to have a lot of touchdowns, a lot of yards. Uh, Herndon, Darnold, there's a lot to argue, but I'm, I'm going to go with Leo here, a uh, breakout player in terms of stats and fans recognizing how good he really is. Um, next player. Who's Contract the, year. He's got all the motivation in the world. Yeah. Uh, who's going to be the most disappointing player on the Jets in 2019? Scott, you go first. It is an interesting one because there are a lot of ways that you could go with this. But I'm going to say Marcus May, and the reason is I think that he's not going to stay healthy yet again. He's a guy that when he's healthy is a pretty good player, but he just gets hurt too much. I've, I said this with Chris Nimbley the other day. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or if I just said it when he and I were talking before we started recording, but – at this rate, I don't even think he's going to see a second contract with this team. I think a lot of people are counting on him. There's very little depth behind him. And I think a lot of people are going to be frustrated because he's going to miss significant time again this year. Kyle? i probably go with Tremaine Johnson. I, think about it. That contract that he got, I think it's going to be – I think you're going to see some of the same that you saw last year. And he'll, you'll never think like, man, this guy is anywhere close to a really good starting corner. I yeah, think he, and we kind of talked about this a little bit in the last show that I did, Joe. Like he's, yeah. he, he's a big dude, but he's not always using his size to press and, and, and destroy guys off the line of scrimmage and stuff. And he's always worried about getting beat deep. 
so he'll always give up stuff underneath, and he still does get beat deep because he's not fast. Yeah, um, those are both guys who I was definitely considering, uh, and those are two guys I was going to say, but since you guys stole that, and, and Scott, me and uh, Kyle just talked about it literally last show about Marcus May and, and what the expectations should be for him. I'll, I'll be happy if he just be healthy at this point. I think he's the yeah. greatest uh, at this point in his career. I think he's made a few plays, and people kind of just look at him like he's God, and for the people who say, like we've said before, he was not nearly as good as Jamal Adams in his first year. Uh, Tremaine Johnson was my other answer, and for the reasons you explained, uh, can he ever live up to that contract? But um, I think he'll be asked to think a little bit more, which I think will be a positive. I think another guy for fans, not necessarily for me, I think Brandon Shell. A lot of people refer to him as average, and he's not at all. I think he's a worse Jets offensive lineman by a pretty wide margin at this point. Um, in terms of starters. So I think Shell could be a, a candidate for that. So I'll, I'll say Shell to be different. Um, next one, and this one's kind of kind of easy as well, rising star. Who's the rising star on the Jets? There's, there's really only two guys you're going to be able to go with here. Um, I mean, <laughs> Donald Quinnen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Scott, any, anything different than that one? That one's pretty easy as well. Oh, it's an easy one. We'll do it. Well, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put Q for both of you guys. Screw it. Um, doesn't really matter. I, I, I am writing your answers down, so don't forget this. Um, and to, in, in terms of don't forget this, we're have a top, uh, one. Don't forget about who is the player to do not to uh, write. Uh, sorry, uh, let me rephrase this. Let me breathe a little bit. <laughs> who is a player right now that people are forgetting about? Who you should not be forgetting about going into the season? Hmm. I, I will say that you guys are definitely much more on social media and seeing what people are talking about. And Scott, you're actively talking to beat reporters and stuff. So. It, it's kind of harder for me to to uh, gauge what people are talking about, but I don't see enough people talking about Jakai Polite. Mm. And I'll, I'll just say it right now, he's also my dark horse as well. When you factor in the amount of talent that the Jets have on the defensive line, this guy, he's going he's gonna to be facing a lot of one-on-ones. Um, I don't think that you're going to have a lot of running backs chipping him and stuff. So he's going to have a lot of chances for sack opportunities and pressure opportunities. And the Jets have not nearly had a guy with his type of skill, his type of burst, his type of bend off the edge. And I'm not saying that he's John Abraham, but, you know, he's he's got the best raw ability in that regard since John Abraham. Mm-hmm. And the Jets really need that on this defense. And I just don't see enough people talking about it. Talking about him because I guess because he tested poorly, third round pick, whatever. But Jakai Polite, Kyle. I mean Scott. Well, actually, it's funny because I, I have Jakai Polite as my dark horse too. But as far as <laughs> who people aren't talking about, man, that's an interesting one. I don't know because I guess part of being in the Twitter bubble is that everybody's always talking about these guys. So it's hard to really, for me to gauge who people aren't talking about. I guess that's really more of a national type of conversation. In that regard, ah, man, that's a tough one. I mean, I think you're going to have to say Brian Poole would be one of them. We talked about how he's done really well in camp. He, his signing wasn't really met with a lot of chatter and a lot of people outside of, the, of those that are really following Jets camp haven't talked much about him. Uh, besides that, man, I don't know. I guess that's, that's the main guy that popped into my head. Avery Williamson a little bit. 
I feel like he's got lost in the shuffle. Because you stole my answer, he, you piece of crap. Oh, well, sorry. But he, he definitely is That's a good one. That is a good one. He's gotten lost in the shuffle because of the Mosley signing yep. and the bolstering of the defensive line. So I, I think those two would be my answers. I was, I was waiting like while you were hesitating. I'm like, don't say Avery Williamson. Don't <laughs> you did it. He's a good player, man. Like we talked about it. He's he's okay in coverage. Sometimes he's a little bit overzealous in the run game, but he's he's a good linebacker. And the Jets have, you know, we talk about the whole front seven, but just their pair of inside linebackers is. I would say it's. I would say it's probably somewhere in the top five in the, in the league uh, if you really went down to it. So, oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, so you, since you saw that one, we talked about Leonard Williams a little bit. So I won't say him. Uh, I think Henry Anderson's another one in terms of guys who are forgot about a little bit on the front seven right now. You're you're talking about Quentin Williams. You're talking about or or even uh, McClendon as well. I think both those guys are kind of forgotten about right now. If you're talking about Mosley, you're talking about a lot of guys in the Jets defense. Henry Anderson was was really productive for the Jets last year, um, and he was kind of the second focus of that front seven. And now he's like the the fifteenth because of all the players they have on that front seven right now. So don't forget about those two guys. Um, I like your guys' answers as well, um, and especially. Pool is he might he might slip up sometimes and he'll be inconsistent you know uh, high high ceiling low floor type of player but he's gonna make his impact felt he's going to destroy some people in the slot when they're not looking on a slant because he he can hit it's it's pretty fun to watch um, he'll rock some quarterbacks and stuff as well so that's a good answer um, this is a, this is a good topic I w- I wouldn't want to pick pool though because I'm just not a huge fan of players that just. Uh, have too many brain farts on the field and and forget their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. That's that's the quickest way you lose games is when you blow coverages and don't do your assignments. Well, that's why he's screen esque, you know, where they're they kind of one really good play, one bad play. You know, it's kind of you're tearing your hair out. So uh, next one needs to rebound. Uh, Scott, with you, we'll go with you first. I mean, I don't see how the answer here isn't Tremaine Johnson. It's the obvious one for a reason. Mm-hmm. He was very bad last year. You and I talked about this recently, and we're going to have an excellent quick hits episode come out about this soon. But uh, look, he was paid a lot of money, and we talked about this earlier in the show. He was expected to be a number one corner. I think we assumed that he would be, you know, somewhere in that top 12 to 15 ish range, and he wasn't good at all. And if the Jets' defense is going to be able to be anything close to what we hope it'll be this year, they're going to have to have at least improved coverage from last season. And the only way that's going to happen is if Johnson steps up. He doesn't necessarily have to be as good as he was with the Rams, but he's got to be significantly better than he was last year. So I think Mm -hmm. he's the obvious answer here. All right, uh, Kyle? I would say the same. I mean, yeah, he's a good tackler, good good ball skills. But I'm – I'm not too confident in, in much of his ability. And smart player, too. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, since you guys said him, I, and that's pretty much the obvious answer. I'm going to say Marcus May is another guy. Um, really needs a rebound, especially just like corner with the lack of depth the Jets have. I don't know why they haven't signed a backup safety, especially when you look at Trey Boston, who got one or $3 million. Uh, that's a good player who I would like to, to have. Even if Marcus May was healthy, you run big nickel, you run big dime, you run big dollar, whatever you want to do. Um, you take some of the corners off the field, you have some safety. Trey Boston's a, a pretty versatile piece. So uh, I don't know why they haven't really paid attention to that position because if May is down and you got you got Middleton, Miles, um, whoever else, uh, have or Brandon Bryant, have fun with that. So I'm going to say May for, for mine since you guys said Johnson. Uh, we talked about Dark Horse. You guys both said Polite. We'll get that one out of the way now. Uh, since you said him as well, I'm going to say Anunwa is, is a Dark Horse. 
Um, we talk about Crowder. We talk about Robbie Anderson. We talk about Bell and Herndon and, and you know, Darnold on the offense. Um, Anunwa was really, really good in, in 2015 and, and, well, 2016 until he got hurt in 17. Uh, last year, he was really miscast. Now, he's not the best route runner. He's not the most fluid guy in the world, but – um, he's still a more productive receiver than he showed last year with the injuries and the lack of chances he was given on the offense. So um, I'm going to say Dark Horse is a new one to be pretty uh, pretty productive and, and be a big piece for this uh, this offense. It looks like Kyle wants to say something. I can tell by his face. You you can. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, or is it because you looked at my notes? No, I can literally tell. I can literally tell by your face that your mouth is slightly open. You're kind of thinking. You look like you're going to sneeze when you want to say something. I, I can't uh, by now. <laughs> Oh, so you're, you're saying that we have some type of chemistry or something? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Um, well, yeah, I mean, so, okay. So, Quincy Inunua, his his best attribute that he has as a player is his yak ability. I don't think anyone would dispute that. Yes, he's a really good blocker for a receiver, and he does some other nice things. But his yak ability is, it's kind of almost legendary. You know, when you just see him dragging players and stuff. Joe, you've said that Gase's offense does a lot with, you know, it's there's a lot predicated on getting players the ball in open space and letting them do something with it. Um, we saw that a lot with Albert Wilson last year. All right. So getting Quincy, can you guys hear me still? Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm you. I thought I heard like a beep or something. Oh, I'm going to give the Kyle listening face. I thought I heard like a beep or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so – but last year, the offense, when Quincy was healthy, was so basic. It was kind of like just, oh, just throw him a little quick smoke screen or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't very creative and innovative to, to get him out in space with blockers in front or find other ways to get him in the open field. It was super basic, and, and so much of it was just quick throw, throw the pass to him right off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And – you know, your defense, you're kind of expecting that because you know that Quincy's really good for that. So Gase finding ways to get this guy in some open space so he can make some things happen. I, I, I do think that if Quincy can stay healthy, that's my big concern with him is, is it, will he stay healthy? I, I do think that you'll see some really nice things from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just think he's forgot about it a little bit right now. So I, I just said dark horse, especially when you're spreading guys out, spreading defenses out. Hope you get to the ball. Uh, to him a little bit deeper down the field and um, he'll he'll show some of that yak ability and I think he can win deep as well uh, his one of his biggest issues is route running is just okay and his his hands uh, he drops a decent amount of balls that should be completed but he also make a, re- a ridiculous one-handed catch at the same time so um, next uh, fastest on the team who, who is the fastest player on this team uh, Scott Robbie Anderson thank you and good night Kyle yeah, it's not even close. And like I was kind of thinking about it, and I, I I said this in a previous show with you. Like Robbie is, if he's not the best, he's one of the closest closest to the best deep ball receivers in the league. And I know he's his forty was what four three six. I mean, at least when they were doing the forty yards of gold, Chad Ochocinco nonsense crap that apparently he didn't even pay people for. Um. They were advertising that Robbie's 40 was a 4-3-6. Now, obviously, there's a good amount of players that have faster, like Marquise Goodwin was like 4-2-7 or whatever. Track but Ro- yeah, but there – and there's, there's – some of these guys, they don't play that fast on the field. Robbie plays that fast on the field. 
Um, it's not just about like when you're running a 40, yeah, it's just a straight line. You don't got to, but there's a difference when, okay, there's a defender in front of me. How can I get by him and then stack him and then continue to run? Or, and how can I do that while tracking the ball and maintaining my speed? And Robbie does that very well while maintaining speed. I mean, listen, four or three, six, that seems like it's underrated for how fast this guy is because this guy torches people all the time. He's torched some really good corners in this league. Yeah, um, you guys both said Robbie. I, I also think in terms of like what I see on the practice field and just how fast the guy looks as compared to other people, I, I think you could argue Cannon here too. Uh, Cannon is absurdly fast. Like just he really because, is. I, yeah. I think I, I think if you actually put them in a race against each other, like like a forty yard dash, I think Cannon might win. Not because necessarily it's his top speed, but how quick he is to get to his top speed is ridiculous. Like his ten yard split is probably absurd. Um, Cannon. So I, I think I want. I'm gonna say Cannon is because just like when I, when I look at him, especially relative to his position, when I saw him running the ball last year, he just looks like a completely different player than every everybody else in the field. And I feel like uh, Kyle is googling his forty time at this at this moment. If, I, if oh no, I'm not. I don't, I don't even. I don't even care what it is because yeah. he doesn't play that fast on the field. He has to think too much. Well, yeah. Well, we're not. To, yeah. uh, he, um, he's not. He's not the smartest, the sharpest tool in the shed. Now, Kyle, in terms of the slowest relative to their position, because obviously we can all just choose Steve McClendon, you know, for the slowest on the team, but relative to their position, who's the slowest on the team? I had a tough time thinking about this one because I was thinking like, well, I mean, like, okay, that guy's slow, but he should be slow. I mean, that guy's fast. He should be fast. And I was just thinking like, well, he's kind of a blocking tight end, but he's still a plotter. So I picked Tomlinson. Scott? Is, is I mean, it possible well, that we could say Khalil at this point? Oh, I don't. That's 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 a wild card because I haven't watched his film yet, so I don't really. I I couldn't. I don't really know if I could. Uh, maybe. But I feel like Khalil. Like I'm not saying at 34 that he's still athletic or whatever. But if I'm not mistaken, him and his brother were kind of known as being athletes. Um. Right. No, I'm just saying for now that he's declined and all that. Yeah. And he hasn't and he hasn't been in football shape as far as we know. I think it's possible if we were to run races tomorrow, he might uh he might have problems. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go Tremaine Johnson. We've talked about him and how slow he is all the time. I'm gonna I'm going Tremaine Johnson in terms of relative to his position. I think my last pick for last year was Jermaine Curse, which I think was an easy win. To be completely honest, because Jermaine Curse, how many times did he get in front of guys with like 10 yards looking back behind him, which he shouldn't do if he's trying to win in a race to the end zone, and he got caught from behind by not even the fastest guy. Uh, we talked about Dark Horse. Um, Scott, who is, the, who is the toughest player on the Jets? Colecio Semele. Thank you and good night. <laughs> Kyle? Um, let me see what I wrote down. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I also wrote a Semele. That dude's a – Listen, have you ever gotten into a bar fight or something like that? You'd want that guy on your side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think it's assembly too. I think you could argue Adams or Mosley. I, I would, I would think maybe Winters. Winters is pretty tough as well. Um, softest player. This is this is pretty easy for me. There's two guys. I think Kyle probably has the same two guys. I looked at Kyle's notes a little bit, but I kind of forgot them. But this one I remember. Uh, this is I wanted to see some stuff. Uh, but uh, Kyle, go ahead. I wrote. I haven't watched enough of Dorch because personally, I don't. Really, I, after uh, hearing what you said about him, Joe, uh-uh. and, and knowing that we got Crowder, I don't care about him that much. And I don't like players that are soft. I don't like players that stop running their routes. So I said maybe him, but I just haven't watched enough of his film. But I got Shell on here. Scott, Shell yeah. is soft. 
S A W F T soft. Yeah, Brandon <laughs> Shell. Yeah, man, his uh his like lack of finishing just bothers me. Like you'd see guys like Harrison or Winters or Assembly, when guys laying on the ground in front of them, they're gonna drop their entire body weight onto you to make you make you feel it. And Shell will just look at guys, like almost look like he's gonna help them up. Like it, it was just bad. Um I think if you really went like to super soft level, Dorch is probably actually the softest because he just will stop running routes, so that's a good point. But is he even gonna make the roster at at, uh, at this point? Um, next one, uh, and this was not my idea. This was Kyle's idea. I don't. I was like, oh, any any other ideas for superlatives and what you want to do? He's like, best looking. I was like, oh, okay, like if you want to do best looking player on the team, then we can do best looking player on the team, Kyle. So Kyle says it's your idea. Who is the best looking player on the Jets roster? Who would you want to date? <laughs> well, I, hey, hey, listen. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I didn't say it for that reason. Go ahead. But this one, this one to me is really obvious. Blake Cashman, he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, seriously, I'm going, I'm going through the roster. I'm thinking like, wow, Cashman's a good-looking dude. And, you know, <laughs> when not, I saw that, there's any, not that there's Cashman anything wrong with that, but you know, I'm, not, I'm not into well. guys. Huh? <laughs> when I was looking at Blake Cashman, I was like, hmm, yeah, that's a, that's a big piece of man meat right there. <laughs> now, listen, I know that – Fans are going to be quick to say Donald. Donald's got some really nice hair. I'll he looks say like that. the guy from Incredibles, the evil guy. What is that guy's name? Do you remember? Gru? No, 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 no. no from the oh, Incredibles. oh, that guy. Oh, um, what the hell was his name? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he kind of does look like that. And I, I remember showing that to my wife, and she kind of chuckled and thought that was kind of funny. Yep. I mean, Donald. Think about Donald. Like, yeah, he's got like the nice hair, and so he's got a little bit of a double chin. So. Do you see this? Yeah, I can see that. Oh, why the hell is it doing this? This guy. That's Darnold to me. So I don't I, I yeah. agree with you. Syndrome. Um on on that. Yeah, I don't oh, say his name is Syndrome. Um okay, so uh Scott, who is your best looking jet? Who who would you really like to take out to, to uh Did, Wendy's? Didn't Jen Sturger used to work for the team? Can I pick her? Who? She has to be on the roster, Scott. That, that was the that was uh, the the woman that apparently Brett Favre hit on or something like that. Yeah. No, that was Cindy. That was uh, uh, what the hell was her? I forget what no, her name. It was, no, it was it was Jen Serger. Was it okay? Well, I know it's Jen Serger or whatever her name is. No, but okay, Scott, who's your, who's your best looking Jet? I mean, I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. I don't know what enough of these guys look like because when I watch them, they all they always have helmets on. So I don't really know who I would pick. Um, that is not an acceptable answer. I I apologize. You got to pick right now, Scott. <laughs> all right, who who makes the most money? That's who I want to date. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen. All I said is who's the best. I didn't say anything about dating. No, <laughs> Joe right. did. Joe said that. He said, Kyle, who do you want to date? Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm being serious. I don't even know what most of these guys look like. Um, let me think. Uh, geez, I don't know. Um, I got a. I don't I gotta, know. There's there's a there's a, a boyish charm about Quinn and Williams. Maybe Le'Veon Bell. I don't know. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go Quinn because that's what I said too. I just think with that kid's smile, just very. Yeah, he's got that. You gotta love it. Smile. You gotta hey, love that smile. I I said you know Marcus May was also in contention. He's he's a good looking. You dude. know you've th- you've thought about this a lot, Kyle. Uh, we're gonna move on to to ugly. Uh, since we did since we did best looking, we have to I'm texting most- Kyle's <laughs> wife right now. Uh, Scott, let's let's. She, let's she, she won't care because she knows that I don't. I'm not. I'm not scared. <laughs> Scott, who is who is the most ugly player in the Jets? I think that's the easier one to answer. I had two guys immediately pop to my head for this one. 
Man, it's a tough question to answer. Oh, for the same, no, honestly, faces here. <laughs> for the same reason, I don't know. I, I don't know what half these guys look like without helmets on. Um, and also, I don't want to damage my chances of one day getting them on my show by calling them ugly. Um, no, I, I honestly, I have no idea. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Scott, the one I'm going to say, you don't want to have this person on your show. Here we, I know who it is. I think <laughs> Brent Qualley. Really? I don't even know what he looks like, to be honest with you. Google. I really don't. All right, hold I'll on. I'll take your word for it. Pull him up, Joe. Pull him up, because I have no idea what he looks like. I, I have better answer than that, though, to be completely honest here. I, uh, I, I, I oh, yeah. No, be... I didn't think that's a little bit worse than I thought. Well, let me see. <laughs> hold on. Uh, let me just uh, share this screen. I'll see but that. It's not just about the picture, either, because this, yeah. doesn't, this doesn't account yeah. for how goofy he is when he moves. Okay, so I'm going to go to my answer since they're already Googled. You can see them on the top. I think Coleccio Semele is a pretty easy <laughs> – one of the easier answers on this. He's not definitely not the uh, – he, he has a weird head. And then my next one is Jonathan Harrison is an ugly-looking dude. Yeah, I, I can see that. So the, the, uh, thing about, the thing about Assembly Assembly is charming, though. Yeah. Like, you watch him speak, <laughs> and you watch him like, – you, you know, you – it automatically brings him up. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to move on from that. Um, like I said. Hey, Kyle, by the way, uh, ugliest was your suggestion, not mine. Well, yeah, we already did best looking. Okay. Welcome so, to keeping up with the Kardashians. My uh, name. And this is a, this is a, this answer. The next one too is, is very, very obvious. Let's, let's be honest uh, to win in a Royal rumble. As Scott likes to talk about all the time because he's a big, uh, he's a big uh, wrestling guy. So. So go you yeah. go first, Scott. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, how could you answer anybody other than a Semelay? Yep. That's the name that came to my mind, and I stuck with it, although I was thinking about it. See, to win the Royal Rumble, it's not just about brute strength and, and being able to manhandle people. It's also about brains. Vince McMahon won the Royal, Royal Rumble one time. And if I'm not mistaken. Brains, or is it about scripts? Well, well both. In in storyline, it's about both combination of brains and brawn. Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, because ah, man, I was I wanted to Google this earlier, but I was working all day. Um, did Vince McMahon hide under the ring the year he won the Royal Rumble? I think he did. I know that's been done more than once. Isn't he technically hiding. on the ground though? No, but if you go out on like under the bottom ropes, you're not eliminated. The only way you get eliminated is if you go over the top rope. Yep. Uh, that's weird. Okay, um, I don't. I, I was. I was always into wrestling. I was into wrestling big time when I was a kid. But then once I realized, like I saw, if you didn't know the rules for the Royal Rumble, you couldn't have been that big into it. No, yeah, not huge. I like like Triple H and Kane and Undertaker and Matt Hardy or whatever his name was. But like, and Rob Van Dam. I remember was another guy I really liked his Frog Splash. I remember all that stuff. But like, I remember I used five to- star Frog Splash. Oh, that's right. oh, I apologize. Whoa, sorry, bro. I didn't mean to trigger you. Um, but, Rob Van Dam. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I remember. And and uh, Shawn Michaels with the whole like I don't know what that kick was called, but he'd stomp on the ground. Like, we don't these be- guys know that they're gonna be kicked? And you know what the funny reason is? So, so I started to look into why like why people's specials would be different. So like Kane would big boot somebody, they would be fine and get right back up, 
And then Kevin Nash or like the big show would do it. It'd be one of their specials. And the guy would be down for like two minutes. I'm like, why does this happen? And I started looking into it more. I saw videos on YouTube, like guys like fake punching each other. I'm like, this shit is fake. I'm like, I had no idea when I was a kid. So the whole special thing, like one guy does it, it's a special move. So it knocks you out for four minutes. It's kind of stupid. But, um, well, the best way you could put it is you ever watch an action movie? You ever watch like a Steven Seagal movie or something? Never. Never in your life? (laughs) No. No, I'm kidding. He's watched action movies. Steven Seagal. (laughs) Go ahead. No, I know what I'm saying. If you watch one of those, like a Jackie Chan movie, any of that, it's the same principle of it. I mean, look, look at even like Karate Kid. Like, you go back and watch, I was watching Karate Kid the other night, and it's like, come on, Mr. Miyagi is like four foot four. And he's going to beat up, what's his name, who's a black belt, and he's like 6'5 and like 150 pounds heavier than him. You know, this is basically what it is. It's fantasy. That's really what pro wrestling is. Everybody knows it's fake. It's all about the story and how well it's told. That's really all it is, man. It's like if you watch a Seagal movie or Van Damme or really any of that stuff, Chuck Norris. Like you watch Walker, Texas Ranger. That show was ridiculous, but you watch it for one reason. Because in the last 15 minutes of the show, Chuck Norris was going to kick the crap out of somebody. And you wanted to see mm-hmm. it. You wanted that roundhouse kick. All right. So, moving on. <laughs> um, bold predictions. We're going to run through this a little bit quicker because we still have to do the 53-man roster and the schedule. So, let's start doing a little bit of lightning around this. I knew this was going to happen with three people. Um, we'll, we'll do, like I said, a little bit more of lightning. I could comment on a little bit, but we're not going to have full-blown discussions. Uh, Scott. Your bold prediction, it's not really too bold, but uh, most receiving yards and how many yards do they have? I'm going to say most receiving yards is going to be Crowder. Wow. And I'm going to say – actually, no. I'm going to say Crowder would have the most receptions. Most receiving yards will be Anderson, and I'm going to say 1,200. Wow. Okay, Kyle. Yeah, I, I struggled with this one. I really did. Uh, I've gone back and forth. Um, Crowder hasn't had anything like over eight. He hasn't had anything over 900, but uh, I think he might see the best year of his career this year. But I'll go with Anderson, although I'm skeptical of that because I still kind of think he's mostly a one-trick pony, although, Joe, you, you'll, I guess, disagree with me on that. Um, but it's fine because he's really good at that one trick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Anderson will get around a thousand, but not a thousand. Like he'll probably have like nine seventy or something like that. I think. But nice. I'll go with and I'll go with Anderson. But it's supposed to be a bold prediction. You got oh, it's not. I'm not, I'm not saying it's bold. He's asking me most receiving yards. I'm saying it's going to be Anderson nine seventy. Oh, I, I thought that's what you were saying. I thought you. No, it, it, I I put this in bold predictions, but I, I should have just put this in. Um, predictions to be uh, completely honest, but um, oh, okay, all right. Hold uh, on. I guess a little higher than normal because I thought you were looking for a bold prediction. Let's see here. So, like this, I'm um, I'm just gonna play this quickly. This is not the one trick pony. Pretty good route, Kyle Smith. I don't know if you watched the Robbie Anderson show, but I I, I just I, he has a lot more route running ability underneath. I, obviously, the the over the top stuff definitely um, you know helps him out here, but attacking angles like with the with the peak technique right there then attacking vertical making him open up and then oh, not too many stop steps i know it's not the, the the sharpest break right here but um a pretty good route to literally put we broke that harris dude's ankles who's covering is that chris harris it's, it's chris harris man it's yeah. not like this is this is he not broke a, chris harris's ankles there buddy i mean it's you know. it's a great route uh haha <laughs> so let's continue i just like being a jerk i mean you just don't his film is not littered with those types of plays no. so let's just be honest no it's not i could fall okay 
He's a better route runner than people think. That's what I'll say. No, definitely. But, okay. Yeah. So next one. Uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll, I, I said Anderson as well. I said 1,057. I don't know why that number, but I want him to have over 1,000. When guys are like really close to 1,000, like Kyle's like 970, that's going to bother the crap out of me. I, either be like 100 yards away from 1,000 or don't have 900 at all. I don't know. Um, most catches, which, which uh, Scott, you just said, was going to be Crowder. So how much uh, catches are you going to give him? Or how many, sorry. Let's say 80. Close to mine as well. Kyle? Uh, Crowder, 72. 72. We were all pretty close. I said 75. Scott said 80. I said 72. Or, sorry, Kyle said 72. Uh, most touchdowns overall. Who's have the most touchdowns on the team and how many, Kyle? Uh, it's going to be Bell. He'll have 12 total. Ooh, all right. Scott? Yeah, Bell, and I was going to say 12 also. Jeez. All right. I, I said, I said bell and 10. Um, I think Anderson, you can argue for Anderson here as well. Uh, I think he'll have a decent amount of touchdowns, um, in terms of like 20 plus yard type stuff. All right. All right. Another one that's going to be pretty interesting. And Case loves to take those shots. 25 or and, yeah. and in that's or, why I can't 25 and career. 25 and 40 in, mm-hmm. um, Scott, uh, Darnold's touchdowns to interceptions. Okay. I'm going to say 30 to 15. 30 to 15. Kyle. I think that's pretty good, Scott. Yeah, I, Donald, I think Donald's always going to have a good amount of interceptions. You know, you'll see some guys like Rodgers, like single-digit interceptions in a season. Same thing with Brady. Mm-hmm. Donald's probably, you know, not going to have too many seasons where he throws less than 10 interceptions. Andrew Luck, same kind of thing. Yeah, um, I think Donald will have about, mm, what did I say, 14 picks? 14 picks and about 28 touchdowns. So two-to-one ratio, it's pretty good. Okay. We were pretty close all there. Thirty. Uh, I said thirty-two to thirteen. Um, I just need him to beat that record. I don't like Fitz sitting on top of any record for the Jets, so he's going to beat that this year for me. Uh, a couple more. I hope so. I really hope so. Um, Bell stat line, um, receiving yards, etc. Uh, Kyle, want to start off? Sure. I'll say he'll have. Jeez, uh, I feel like this is high, but I mean, I really think that he. He's quite capable of doing this. I'll say 650 receiving yards. That seems like a lot, I know. And um, in terms of rushing yards, I'll say he'll have like about 1,100. Okay. Uh, Scott? I'm going to say 500 receiving yards and 1,200 rushing yards, so 1,700 overall. We're, yeah, me, we are pretty close, Scott. I said, I said 250 carries for 1,200 yards. Uh, 400 yards receiving. Uh, I just think with guys like Powell and a lot of other weapons, I don't think he's going to get like 2,000 yards like he's used to, but he'll be really productive. Uh, a couple more. And uh, Gase, Gase had, and this is why I might be high, another reason why I might be high. Gase has said, you know, we're not going to overuse him. We want to preserve exactly. him and, and, and stuff. Uh, Kyle, yeah. sack leader, and who, who, uh, who is it and how many? Oh, it's definitely going to be Ja'Kai Polite. And wow. he'll have, I think he's going to have nine. Wow, I would be ecstatic, uh, Scott. I think we all would. I'm going to say Jenkins and seven, although hmm. I think there's a decent chance that it ends up being one of the Williams boys. Yeah, that's why I put uh, Leonard Williams with eight. Um, penetrating oh. more, we've talked about it. If it's one of the Williams, it's going to be Quinnen. It might all be. Right. Don't hate on my boy, Leo. Okay? I'm not hating on Leo. I'm just saying Quinton is that good. Um, but I also said he might be the best defensive player. Kyle, who sure. gets the most interceptions on the Jets and how many? It's going to be Tremaine Johnson. He's, he's, a good, he's a ball hawk, let's be honest. 
Um, he'll have, I think he'll have six. Ooh, that's that's a nice number too, uh, Scott. I think it'll be Johnson, and I think it's going to be five. It definitely won't be Jamal Adams. That dude cannot catch the football, and he's just he's not a ball hawk like that. How dare you? Um, I'm going. I'm just keeping it real. I went random here just because I don't know. I said Brian Poole with four. I don't know why. I really don't. But that's what, I, that's, what I, that's what I decided. Um, most tackles, who and how many? Kyle. Oh, Mosley. He's a tackling machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a tackling right. machine. He's just uh, – this is such a stupid stat. This is the most useless fucking stat there is. <laughs> Let's be honest. Mosley's um, man, better than Brian Urlacher. <laughs> who said – did someone say that? No, I remember somebody like was saying that Paul Paul's like one of the top five middle linebackers in the league a long, long time ago on a Twitter argument. I'm like, dude, just oh, yeah. a lot of people like, oh, yeah, like 180 tackles last year. But continue. Um, maybe like 112. I, I, I don't really have a frame of reference for this yeah, to be kinda, honest. It's kind of a random one, Scott. Listen, I see Quinn Williams as being. What did that guy on Twitter tell you? He was the next Dwayne Robertson, I think. Yeah. So. That as dude's as, an idiot. Yeah, he, he, he is. Uh, I would say Mosley's the obvious answer. I'm going to say 110 tackles. I don't know. We're all pretty close. I said Mosley 105 just because there's a lot of other guys on this team to get tackles front seven. Brief pause for a moment. You know, we were thinking like we, when you guys brought up Avery Williamson about someone being overlooked, I was thinking and I thought about interjecting. Compare his contract to Mosley's. I mean, Mosley's a better player, yes. He's not that much better a player to justify him getting paid what three, four times what Avery's getting. Well, you know what that was, Kyle. That was a you have to pay me way more than anybody else will know, to get here. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we've had that discussion. I like I said, I'd rather play Mosley what he got an elite player at his position than Zadarius Smith or. Preston Smith, you know, near that money just because they play outside linebacker really haven't been overall that produ- uh, productive. Um, since we talked about it already, uh, and I put this anyway, I uh, did some like rookie predictions. Um, Scott, how many uh, sacks is uh, Mr. Quinn Williams going to get? I'll say six. Same number as I did, Kyle. I actually have the same number too. Wow. Six. Uh, that's kind of sketchy, but okay. <laughs> six, six, six. six. Uh, Scott, what were, what were you saying? 666, the number of the beast for anybody that's an Iron Maiden fan. Yeah, I think it could be more than six potentially. I know Brett Coleman strongly believes that there's a chance that that Williams could get double-digit sacks and go to the Pro Bowl in his rookie season. I think it's a distinct possibility, but I I think that um, it'll get spread around and he'll end up getting around six sacks. It could be a little more or a little less, but Mm -hmm. it seems like a good number. Uh, Kyle, we already know that you have nine sacks for Polite. Scott, what do you have for Polite? I'm going to also say six for Ja'Kai Polite. I was close to that. I said, I said five and a half. Um, just some adjustment period. It's hard to go against tackles in the NFL as compared to even SEC uh, you know, linebackers. So uh, anything else bold you guys want to predict before we get into a quick 53-man roster uh, prediction uh, slash battles to watch at those uh, things and then like a lightning, lightning schedule prediction? No, I don't really have anything bold, no. All right. Um, quarterback. Um, I am going uh, with just two, Donald and Simeon. Um, I, both those guys have been relatively healthy, even though Donald did miss three games, so he's a better offensive line. I think they only keep two. I don't think they're really necessary uh, for a spot there. I don't think really Falk or Webb offer too much, and if even if they do, they could be held on the practice squad. I don't think anybody's going to nab them up. So I only have two at quarterback. Uh, Kyle, what do you got? 
um, apparently you told me that I was like two players over with my roster prediction. So um, like 14 wide receivers. <laughs> so I, I had three quarterbacks, so I'll just make it two and I'll keep it uh, Donald and Simeon. Yeah. Um, Scott, what about you? I think it's going to be Donald and Simeon, and I think Falk is going to stick on the practice squad. I think that Gase brought him here from Miami for a reason. I think there's something he likes with Falk, and I wouldn't be totally surprised if Falk winds up the backup to Donald in mm-hmm. 2020. But I think for now, he'll stash him on the practice squad, and he'll just go with Donald and Simeon. Uh, Kyle, how many uh, running backs? This is an interesting one. I have five. I have Bell, Powell, Eli, Montgomery, and Trenton Cannon. Um, I I like Montgomery. Uh, and I, last time we spoke about him, Joe, I hadn't really watched his film yet. Watch his film review. And, and he's a smart player. Listen to him talk. The dude's got some brains on him. And he's he, he's a thick dude, too. Like, you know, look at, yeah, look at him at Top Golf. Like, beef. yeah, the dude can play. Uh, and he's versatile. He's going to stick on this roster because, you know, okay. a, receiver, a receiver goes down, you can maybe throw him there. Uh, you're short at running back, he can obviously play there. So he's going to stick. Powell's Powell. They brought him in late for a reason. They, want, they know this guy can contribute. Uh, McGuire, I've been a fan of him. I've said that. Trent Cannon, he might not make the roster. I, I won't be surprised if he doesn't make the roster. I could see Gase not liking him. A player who's you know has to think too much and stuff. I, I Gase might not like a player like that. So mm-hmm. have Cannon on here, but you know he might not be on. I, I have no. All right, go ahead, Scott. I think that I, I've gone back and forth on Trenton Cannon here. I, there are times where I'm just like, I don't think there's a spot for this guy, especially if Dorch is going to be the return man. Then there are times where I think to myself, you know. Trenton Cannon's just so fast. It's like he was, forgive me for the bad pun, shot out of a cannon. <laughs> I go back and forth on this. I, I wonder if he makes it or if he ends up, they try to keep him around on the practice squad. Because I just, I don't know that he showed enough as a runner. And he did, hasn't, if he's not going to be a return man, I don't know. But I, I'm going to say he sticks and that it's going to be those five guys. Wow. I think it'll be Bell, Montgomery, uh, McGuire, Powell, and um, and Cannon. Although I'm very – I'm torn. I, I, I think at best a 50-50 shot here. I think there's a decent chance Cannon doesn't make the roster. Yeah, it's a lot of running backs, especially when you consider there's – you know, you usually kind of factor in a fullback into running back as well, and there's no fullback in that. So five is a lot. Uh, McGuire versus Cannon is interesting because McGuire might be a little bit like redundant with a guy like Powell on the roster. They, they, they are both kind of – and Powell's the upgraded version of McGuire. So McGuire's kind of like a poor man's Powell. But uh, me and Kyle have been on the train of McGuire is not a bad player. He's a decent young player who's behind a really bad offensive line, so he's not really been able to show anything. So I think McGuire's a little bit underrated. And Cannon's a hard one to cut um, as well because I, just as you could see Gase not liking him, Kyle, I could see Gase liking him you know, for two snaps a game of a jet sweep you know, type deal. Um, just ask him to run, not really read off things to be between the tackles, but can you hit him on a screen? You know, if you flex him out wide or on a jet sweep or an end around or a reverse, you know, I, I could see him in that role because he's so damn fast. The Jakeem Grant role? Exactly. So you give him two snaps, three snaps, but hopefully one of those goes for 40 yards, you know? So that's going to be an interesting one, but I'm just keeping – I have Bell, Montgomery, Powell, McGuire, Cannon getting cut to the practice squad if he sticks, which he probably – he won't stay on the practice squad, so we'll scoop him up. Uh, tight ends, Kyle, what do you got there? Um, sorry, I had – like 
I like I said, no, no Herndon suspension. I don't want to do that. He'll be back after four weeks. Uh, Wesco, Herndon, Ryan Griffin, three. Interesting. Uh, uh, definitely you? not Tomlinson. Tomlinson, he kissed him goodbye. Yeah, especially with Wesco coming in. Uh, Scott, what do you think? Who is that uh, blocking tight end they brought? Daniel Brown? Is that the guy's yeah. name? Yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, I think Wesco sticks. I think Griffin sticks and Herndon. But I think that Daniel Brown probably will be here until Herndon's suspension is over. So I'll say three tight ends, but those three tight ends will change after the suspension. I think I think they keep all four. Um, Herndon, Wesco, Griffin, and Brown because Brown um, – He's kind of like a, he could do both a little bit. Where like Herndon could do both. Wesco is more of a blocker. I think he could receive a little bit as well, but not too too much. And Griffin's kind of just a receiver. So, and I could see like Gase being with him with the Bears and and wanting one of his guys in the offense. So I had four right there in those four guys. Um, wide receiver, I had uh, this one was tough at, at the end um, in terms of like battles to watch and things like that. Obviously, you have Anderson, you have Noonwa, you have Crowder. I think Burnett's a lock at this point. I think he's been showing out a little bit in camp. And, Scott, you can confirm that most likely. Uh, Bellamy is a guy who got – he got a decent-sized contract. He's a good locker room guy. He's a good special teams guy. And, listen, I know he's not a guy who ever lit it up with the uh, Bears, but he's also a guy who had, like, three, 400 yards, which is a so- like a decent, you know, role-type player. So, he could he could come in in a pinch as well. Um, so, I think those five guys are pretty much locks. I think it's really that 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 sixth, seventh spot if you're keeping seven. Uh, it's between Dortch and, like you said, the uh, – the, What's his name? The whatever his name is, like White is his last name. Deontay Thompson is a guy who played with the uh, the Bills and has a little bit of experience. So, uh, but I just said Dorch. I, I really don't have a guy I love at the sixth spot to be completely honest. So I said those six guys. Um, Scott, what about you? I think Bellamy's going to make it, but more for special teams ability than for his receiving. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Anunwa, Anderson, Crowder are your top three guys. I think Deontay Burnett will make it. I go back and forth on White because he's looked really good in training camp. So, I mean, I think Dorch is going to make it because he's going to be the, the kick and punt returner. Uh, whether or not that's a wise move is a whole other discussion, but it's really looking like that's what's going to happen. So, let's see. Anunua, Anderson, Crowder, Burnett, Dorch, Bellamy. Yeah, and I'll say they'll keep Tim White. All right, seven. Okay, uh, Kyle, what about you? I have set. I had I had eight, but you told me I had fifty-five, not fifty-three. So I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking out Deontay Thompson, even though he's probably a better receiver than Dorch, just for the returnability. So Quincy, Robbie, Crowder, Bellamy, Burnett. I got peak for special teams. Okay. Wow, I could see his ass not making it. I and I said this last time we were on the show. I hate his receiving ability. And if you already got like a de facto special teams gunner or whatever in Bellamy, I don't know. Is that what Bellamy plays on special teams gunner? I don't even know. I, I don't know either. You might, realize. you might not need peak then because peak is absolutely, you just see Bellamy can come in and, and give you some nice reps at receiver. Peak cannot do that at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Like Put I said, him in, he'll, he'll drop a, a pass, which will go for interception. <clears throat> Vikings game, Trey Wayne's. <laughs> we talked about that last time. Um, <laughs> So offensive line, you know, I, the top eight guys I feel like are pretty much locked at this point, to be completely honest, especially now that you have uh, Khalil coming, but you have 
Um, you have Beecham, uh, Clutchio, Semele. And I, I start from left to right. I think people who start from right to left have some type of issue in their brain, like a screw loose. Like you must be a psychopath. I don't know what it is, but I think that's the weirdest thing ever to go right to left. But from left to right, like it's supposed to be done. Uh, Beecham, KO, you have Khalil. Uh, you have Winter, Shell, and then the backups. I, I think it's it's uh, you have you have a Doga, you have Jonathan Harrison, you have you have Tom Compton, and uh, why do you start left to right? Is that because that's how Madden used to be set up, or that's something? how you read? <laughs> Unless you're dyslexic. Yeah. yeah, but okay, that's that's how you read. But most people are righties, though, and most devices are made for righties. So. Uh, Okay, regardless, left to right is the way we do it. You're not going to try to give me all intellectual conversation right now, try to trip me up, Kyle Smith. I'm not, I will not allow it. Um, so you have, you have the five starters and then the four backups. Nine is the typical number. Um, like I said, Adogo's obvious. Harrison's obvious. I think Tom Compton's pretty obvious. That ninth spot, I just kind of picked a name out of a hat. I said Eric Smith. I don't really know anything about him, but sure, you're our ninth offensive lineman. Uh, Kyle, what do you think? I don't know anything about him either, so whatever. I have eight – offensive linemen and I think that you know offensive line you know you guys get injured all the time so you you definitely need a lot uh, you always need additional offensive linemen for your your big packages and stuff uh so I have Beecham, Assembly, Harrison, Winters oh god I gotta change this now because of Khalil um I I guess I'd take off John Toth he was the last name that I had on there all right and put in, and put in Khalil instead I I wrote this and I highlighted it in red Brent Qualley should not make this roster under any circumstance yeah, for he is, any reason well, at all. I don't care if someone was suspended. That dude does not belong on the field. He's horrible. He's a liability. Anytime you put him out there, he's either going to get a holding penalty or he's going to get absolutely blown by and he's going to get the quarterback killed. And we don't want our young quarterback getting killed. Take this guy off. I, I agree with that. That's why he's not on the roster. And he's hurt too. So, uh, Scott, we you, we know you have the five starters and, you know, Beecham, KO, Khalil, Winter, Shell. Uh, how many backups do you have and who are they? I, I'm sure you've heard a little bit more about the offensive lineman than I have since you've been updated with camp. Yeah, I've got four backups. The, the ones you mentioned, obviously, Compton, Adolga, and now Harrison. And I think the other guy, just because I'm going to be a little different, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but that dude that they signed the other day. Do you remember what his uh, name? I uh I I I do, but I don't uh, off the top of my head. Okay, so you're just gonna go with a random guy as well. Uh, yeah, moving on to the moving on to the defense, defensive line. I have six um really interesting battle here, I think, for that sixth spot. That's kind of under the radar right now. But you have I think Quinn Williams is on the borderline of getting cut. I'm just kidding. Uh, so you have Q, Leo, Henry Anderson, uh McClendon, Shepard. And I think uh, Kafusi versus Fadakasi is an interesting battle. Kafusi stood out on film a lot at the end of, of the year, last couple of games. So I actually have uh, Fadakasi, the, the what, fifth, sixth round pick from last year, getting cut. I have Kafusi making it um, as the sixth defensive lineman for the Jets. Uh, what about you, Kyle? I had Fadakasi as the last name, other than you said he's going to get cut, though. And, and for who instead? Kafusi. If you watch the film, I think he was 91, and he looks almost like Leo, like same color, same hair, a um, little bit skinnier. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think he'll make it. Scott, do you have anything different than that? Or do you, who's, do you have six? Do you have seven? Yeah, I'm going uh, <laughs> to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say the same five that you said, although, I mean, Shepard at this point may end up being a sunk cost, but whatever. But I'm going to say, and, and this is just to be a little different, I'm going to say the sixth guy is Kyle Phillips, who's been 
pushing hmm. Nathan Shepard in camp. Is he tackling? In fact, today he was getting some of the second team reps over Shepard. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that Phillips sticks is the sixth guy. Cool. All right. Outside linebackers. Um, let's let Kyle start this one. When you say outside linebackers, you're not referring to edge players. Cause I just put linebackers in one spot. Um, okay. So linebackers. Off ball linebackers. Yeah. Go linebackers. We'll let you do it. And we'll let Scott do it. And I'll, I'll just give you my, uh, my two different lists, but go ahead. So I have four, um, off ball linebackers, not edge players. Mosley, Avery Williamson, Blake Cashman, Neville Hewitt. Okay, so that's your that's your that's your middle linebackers. So middle linebackers, uh, the off ball linebackers. I have Mosley, Williamson, Cashman, Hewitt as well. Uh, outside linebackers, um, I have Polite, Jenkins, Copeland. Um, this is a really interesting battle to watch if you if you're watching the battles. Uh, Luvu versus Burgess Jr. I think is an interesting one. Luvu provided a decent amount for an undrafted guy last year. He showed. I like him. Just, yeah, and then Burgess Jr. Listen, he he only he didn't play a lot of snaps in his first year as a or his second year. I think that like the first year actually played. I think he's on our practice squad his first year, but uh, his first year actually playing under Greg Williams, he had four sacks and limited snaps. So I'm actually going to keep all five of those guys. So that's that's the position I, I gave five. Uh, Polite Jenkins, Copeland, Lubu, Burgess Jr. Uh, five outside linebackers. Uh, Scott, what what do you have for linebackers? Uh, I've got for the inside linebackers Williamson, Mosley. Uh, as well as um, uh, Neville Hewitt and uh, and Blake Cashman. So and then on the outside, all the same four. Yeah, and then on the outside, I've got the same four. I think that Kyle had, which would be Frankie Louvu, Brandon Copeland, Jakai Polite, and Jordan Jenkins. Although I do think that Burgess has a chance to make it. Kyle, is that your four that you gave, or did I, you not give him? Yeah, I, I don't have Burgess making the roster, but then I, admittedly, I don't know much about him, so I guess I'll have to watch your film breakdown, especially if he does make the, the team. But um, I, I like Luvu. Luvu plays with some power, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially like undrafted guy, backup. He, he played pretty well sometimes. And there's some guys he just absolutely blew up as, as tackles and things like that. So uh, moving on to the secondary uh, safeties. Uh, the, the, it's so thin on the, at this position, but I think it's a pretty easy four, to be completely honest. Um, Adams, May, Miles, Middleton, they may have anything different than that. You said what was the fourth? You said Adams, May, Middleton, and who else? Miles. Yeah, I have him too. Although just for just for special teams, and I really did not want to write his name down here. Scott, you have anything different than that? I have those four, but I would say keep an eye on Brandon Bryant, and yeah. also keep an eye on them shopping for another guy once roster cutdowns, because I think that Douglas knows that he's got to add some depth both in the safety position and that corner. Cravon yeah. LeBlanc? Yeah. Exactly. If he gets cut. Well, um, no, but they said he could potentially be a trade. Uh, ass, or, you isn't know. he injured? Is he? I didn't know that. It yeah, was he, a, was, he was injured. I'll tell you he who I want. I want. I want either Rasul Douglas or Sidney Jones. I'm fine with anybody at this point, to be completely honest. Wait, but why, would they, why would Sidney Jones be available? Just because the Eagles have a have a ton of depth at cornerback yep. right now. Yep, they've got so many guys. They give like six starting caliber corners that they maybe looking to deal. They who Darby? Who else? They got Darby. They got Avante Maddox. <laughs> they've got uh, Jenkins. Uh, who else? But Jenkins is more of a safety at this point. Talk about Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, so they have they have. Orlando Skandrick now too. Yeah, yeah, they just signed Orlando Skandrick too. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a good player. 
So I'm not Han. I could look it up really, really quickly. Yeah, but they, Jones they, would be they cool. love Avante like Maddox. From what I heard, they really like him. I will say though, I mean, um, from what I was hearing, you know, Rasul Douglas could probably be had for like a fifth round pick. That's like that two two oh nine. He's a big dude. Who Douglas? Yeah, Rasul Douglas. A good player too, man. For and he's young. I mean, for a fifth round pick, if you get him for that, take a shot. And Doug, what, what college did he come from again? Uh, West Virginia. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Home of Geno Smith. I'll say this though, like for for a guy like that, I mean, if Joe Douglas likes him, if you trust his eye, I mean, because I'm sure Douglas had something to do with with drafting a fair amount of these guys. You know, for a fifth rounder, or they were saying even. You might be able to get Rice for uh, – it's not Rice, I'm sorry, Jones for a third or fourth round pick. You know, for a guy with his talent, it might be worth a stab. I, I like I, – I do like Sidney Jones. Scott, speaking of uh, home of Geno Smith, I really liked uh, how you questioned uh, Manish about his treatment of Geno <laughs> Smith. That was good. Thank you, man. Yeah, I, I thought that uh, – I did the best I could to ask him that question in a way that – was respectful, but also got to the point of being like, hey, man, clearly something, you know, something happened here. What was the deal? I think that was a lot of it. And I think Manish respected the way that I approached it. But Oh, he yeah, definitely yeah. did. You could tell he was – I mean, beat reporters, and I think in general, will be kind of like a little cautious with praising whoever. But he gave you some really nice praise at the whole end of the thing. He really did. You yeah. could tell you could tell he was happy with how it went. And he's been on other podcasts and stuff too. And I've heard him on other podcasts. But he was not as it was kind of like more business when he went on those other shows. He really, I think, kind of opened up on your show. So kudos to you. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. And uh I haven't you know, listened yet. Funny thing that, okay. <laughs> funny thing about Geno Smith, by the way, there's talking man of backing up Russell Wilson this year, so that'll be fun. Have fun with that. Okay, so we all have the same safeties. Uh, corners, I have Tremaine Johnson, Roberts, Poole, Jones, Nickerson. I think we probably all have the top, the same top five. Um, my sixth, you usually want six, is uh, Montreal Meander. He played a little bit with the Browns. He has some experience. Uh, who, who, whatever. I just know he played under Greg Williams. Maybe Greg Williams likes him. Does anybody have? I, like I said, you guys probably have the same top five. Anybody have a different six? You're right about the top five. You know. Now that you say I know nothing about the guy you just mentioned, nothing, but you say that, I feel like that'd probably be more likely because it's a Greg Williams guy versus Bless Austin. Bless Austin, yeah, he's a rookie, but he wasn't drafted by Joe Douglas. Exactly. I think Austin ends up on the practice squad. I could be wrong, but I think he ends up on Mm -hmm. the practice squad. So, uh, anyway, you have a different six. You have a different six than Scott. I don't know if you've heard of anybody. I, I mean, I wrote Bless Austin, but I, I don't feel confident about that at all. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with those obvious five. And then for the sixth, I know this is a bit of a cop out, but I'm going to say that it's going to be somebody that's not here yet. Oh, well, yeah. I think, I think if you're really like looking at the roster right now, I think corner safety and probably another position has somebody who's not on the roster yet. Uh, special teams, same thing. I don't think Cadden's there should be the kicker. That's one of the biggest stories from camp. He's been absolutely terrible. So I think Edwards and Hennessy are pretty much locks. Um, even though I know Edwards has some competition. It's really weird that they have no com- uh, competition for Cat and Zero. He's been absolutely awful. Bring back Ross Martin. It's like a whole trend with Jets fans. I want it to happen, but Cat Zero can't be on the roster, but right now he is for me. Yeah, I did like Ross Martin when he was here. I feel like I never he never really got the fair shake that he deserved. Uh-huh. And, All right. And he he – 
correct me if I'm wrong, but he and Catanzaro had that camp battle a couple years ago, right? And he yes. was clearly winning when I was and, there. And yeah, yeah. And he lost because of kickoffs, which I didn't see anything with kick. I don't, I don't know. And nowadays, kickoffs are shorter. Like they're shorter in general. You don't need to boot it as far. And to be completely honest, if you kick it to the one yard line, coaches better. coach that a lot. Any anyway, you know, so, better. Um, now yeah, many, so, many times you'll tackle the guy before he gets to the twenty-five. Yep. Exactly. So to wrap it up really quick, um, five more minutes, uh, we'll do a lightning round. Uh, I'll do Kyle first. You want to add like a, like a sentence to it. That's all I'm going to give you. I'll, I'll, I'll do a fake buzzer on you. Um, but, uh, we're going to go through the schedule, um, note it down. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to put, I'm putting your wins and losses. So, uh, I don't want to count it, but just have knowledge of what your final prediction is. Uh, Kyle week one versus bills. I'll, I'll read it out to you. They're going to win that game. They're going to beat Josh. I, I don't hate Josh Allen, but I, I'm kind of rooting against him. And my, my brother is giving me every reason in the room world to hate the Bills even more. Yeah. God. Uh, burst Browns at home. Uh, I think it's a Monday night game. Oh, so I'm running through all mine first You're before going Scott? All 16, then we're doing Scott. Okay. I'm just pulling it up myself. Uh, the Browns are going to beat us. Okay. So loss uh, at Pats week three. Definitely a loss. Okay, bye week, week four. Do they win or lose the bye week? Um, <laughs> Rex Ryan's not here anymore. Remember that. Are they going to Dave and Buster's? <laughs> okay, Cowboys are at Eagles week uh, five. They're going to lose that one. Cowboys week six. They'll win that one. I want to see Cowboys overrated. Yeah, so do I. Uh, and they're built up the middle, which the Jets are you know, good to defend. Uh, uh, Patriots week seven at home. I think they'll snag a win against the Patriots at home. We have the same exact – so I'm not going to read mine off yet. Uh, I'll, I'll say if we have a difference. We have the same exact wins and losses right now. Uh, at Jaguars. They'll beat Foles in the Jaguars. I have a loss that one because, like, you can't always predict losses, and I feel like a hot my, or a hot summer day in – or not summer day, but a hot day in freaking Jacksonville, they lose for whatever reason. And last time they went to Jacksonville, it was a travesty. Exactly. Okay, so at Dolphins uh, week nine. Oh, they're going to beat that garbage team. Okay, uh, uh, worst Giants at home. Definitely going to beat that garbage team. Okay, Redskins on the road. They'll beat that team as well. Jeez, all right. So you, okay. Uh, Raiders at home. Again, another trash team with a kind of trash quarterback. They'll beat them. Okay, Bengals at home. Or, sorry, Bengals on the road. Um, They're going to beat the Bengals. Oh, oh, <laughs> that could be a loss, though. Okay, you said it. You said it. I'm saying a win because I think the Bengals suck. Okay, uh, versus the Dolphins at they're home. Gonna lo- they're going to lose. This is a trap game right here. Home, really? they think they should win. The garbage Dolphins. Oh, this, is like a, this is a Fitzpatrick win right here. Okay. Uh, in your face. Ravens on the road. They're going to lose that. Okay, Steelers at home. Ugh. I'm going to say they're going to lose. Wow, okay. And then uh, Bills on the road. Oh, God. What what's the what what do I have the total at, at so far? Um, hold on. You, let's just do wins. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine wins right now. With we have three losses in a row going into week seventeen, most likely fighting for a playoff spot. Will they sweep the Bills? Can they beat them in Buffalo? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Last time, week seventeen in Buffalo game didn't go so well. I was there. Um, I'm. I'll say a loss. Ooh, okay. So nine. I want. I really want to say a win, but I don't want to let my bias 
Jets fan stuff get in the way. So I'll say a loss. Okay, uh, Scott, let's do uh, – I'll, I'll run through mine really quickly as well. I'll do it very, very quickly at the end. Uh, Scott, week one, week one Buffalo. Uh, they'll get a win there. Browns uh, home. That'll be a loss. So Odell Beckham is going to get about 250 yards receiving. Oh, oh Jesus. Uh, at, at the Patriots week three. They'll lose that one. Eagles on the road. They'll lose that too. Cowboys at home. I'm going to give them a loss there. I think they're going to have a rough stretch to open the season. Okay, Patriots at home. That's a loss. Jaguars on the road. That's a win. I don't I don't believe much in the Jaguars. Okay. Um Dolphins on the road. That's a win. Giants. Where are we at, at home. right now? That's three wins. Uh I'll count at the end. Oh well here. You have you have uh one so you have one and two, one and three, one and four, one and five, two and five, three and five, you have four you're about you have about four and five right now, I believe. Or no, so you have it. You have it. You have them at uh, three and five with the five. Giants. Okay. Yeah, they're going to beat the Giants. Okay. Uh, Redskins on the road. They'll win that. Uh, Raiders at home. They'll win that one too. Bengals on the road. They'll win that. Dolphins at home. I'm tempted to say they're going to win, but Kyle's right. That tends to be a trap game. I'll say they'll win. Okay, I win. Um, Ravens on the road. They'll lose that one. That's I think that's okay. Uh Steelers on uh, at home. Where do we have them now? Where do I have them at? <laughs> uh, hold on. One one and one, one and two, one and three, one and four, one and five, uh two and five, three and five, four and five, five and five, six and five, seven and five, eight and five. You have them at eight and eight and six. Okay. Eight and five. Eight and six. Okay. Steelers. I'll say they'll lo- they're going to lose to the Steelers at home. Eight and seven. Bills on the road. I think that's one of those games where everybody's going to expect them to win, to get in the playoffs or something, and they'll lose, and they'll finish eight and eight. Eight and eight. All right. Um, so to quickly do mine, I have um, – mine's a little bit – it's kind of weird. Uh, Bills, Bills win, Browns lose, Patriots lose – by week, uh, we have them three losses in a row. All of us, uh, Eagles on the road lo- uh, loss. Cowboys at home. I have that as a win. They're built strong up the middle. The Jets are as well. I think they'll beat them. I think they're a little bit overrated. Uh, Patriots at home. I have them as a win. Uh, Jaguars on the road. Like I said, loss. Just a weird loss. Uh, Dolphins on the road win. Giants at home win. Redskins on the road loss. Just a like a random freaking loss. I don't know why they lose that game, but they do. Uh, Raiders uh, at home win. Bengals on the road win. Dolphins at home win. Ravens uh, loss uh, on the road because they're, they're a fast team. Uh, Steelers at home win. They'll revenge game. Uh, Bills uh, loss. I, I have them at 9-7. Kyle's at 9-7. Uh, Scott has them at 8-8. Eight and eight. Like I said, as long as they win seven games, I get $500. So I'm fine with all of our predictions. Um, any last words? Wait, why for, do you get $500 again? If the Jets win seven or more games, I win $500. I bet with a Giants fan that he said they'll have six or below. I said $500 on seven or above. He said, okay. So uh, $500 if they win seven games. Can I get in on this bet? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. He's, uh, he's stupid. Yeah. The other fan, yeah, he's, he, he lets the fandom. It, listen, if, if Gase can take the seven and nine, the, the Dolphins of seven and nine last year, their roster, the Jets have a cupcake schedule um, from week seven on. Uh, I think he's foolish, you know, and especially Todd Bowles went 10 and six in his first year. 
Bucksverse roster. Um, any final words between uh, from one of you guys before we uh, we close out? No, uh, I enjoyed speaking with the both of you. Oh, thank you, Kyle Scott. Likewise, and we we uh, we got to hang out soon. Maybe we'll watch a game. And uh, yeah, an away game. What I said, an away game. Well, actually, you know, be you'll be good. If you guys do come to a home game, you guys should probably come to the same one because neither of you guys drink and I do. So if one of you comes in like by yourselves, I'll feel bad if I was drinking. But if you guys can be sober together, that's Dude, fine with me. You know I'm at every game, so it's up to Kyle. Hey, I, I want to go. You know, I was thinking, you know, my, <laughs> I was really thinking about going to week one. But then I'm thinking, like, <sighs> I don't know if I'm going to go to two games back to back. And I'd much rather watch Mayfield than josh allen i get so, that and i really i've never been to a primetime game before so I'm, I'm starting to think about that browns game yeah that'd be a fun one uh definitely so um hope you guys enjoyed it that was superlatives 53 man roster prediction schedule prediction uh i'll be back on monday monday or tuesday doing a show oh, about no don't forget listen to play like a jet that's eh, it it's all right if you like hot take you know crap and all that listen to that show especially when that guy joe bloats on for accidental quick hits yes um listen to kyle smith nowhere but here when he comes on every once in a while um and follow his twitter for the one tweet he does every week um <laughs> so, where i'm where i'm criticizing you or something no no so i appreciate everybody for listening uh monday will be avery williamson and henry anderson i'm gonna try to get that matt the, the matt not the, not the matt khalil uh, ryan khalil review out as soon as i possibly can and take some time uh, appreciate everybody for listening, and we shall be back in a couple of days. By the way, if Mac, if Ryan Khalil's as bad as his brother, who we're not. in for? I know. <laughs> <laughs> See everybody later.